Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moyen. And it's Christmas. <laughs> this episode is going out on Christmas Eve. So, of course, the jingle bells are back, not in the studio, but in my uh, very small box room office. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> the Christmas spirit is here, even though we can't share onion dip like we did in days no. of yore. The, the audio effect is still there, at least. We have mm. our jingle bells, so that's good. This is true. <laughs> They will distract people throughout the episode. And you're going to want to keep your wits about you, listeners. Because you Oh my might, goodness. Yep. You might remember yep. last week we said we were going to have a Christmas surprise. And because time has no meaning in 2020, our Christmas special is a little super thriller called Deadly Summer. Hooray! <laughs> and I mean, it's perpetual summer in Sweet Valley anyway, so it doesn't really matter what time of year the book actually takes place, in, yeah, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> uh, who, who cares? It might as well be Christmas. I mean, they're to- there's a lot about we'll be going back to school soon. What year are they going back to school in? Jeffrey's in it. So, you know, whatever, if that helps. <laughs> like a good, good luck to anyone trying to maintain some manner of reasonable timeline, because there is none. <laughs> of course not. No, that would be crazy. Well... <laughs> I mean, this book, we knew nothing about it. The only reason we are able to do this episode is we is because of listener and uh, a longtime friend of the show, Stephanie, who sent, who offered her some uh, spare super thrillers and summer specials to both of us. And Karen already had a copy of Deadly Summer, but I did not. <laughs> and I this is thanks to Stephanie. I got it into my greedy little paws. I have to say it's genuinely one of the best friendly books of all time it's unreal like honestly it's... this uh this this episode <laughs> has been brought to you by stephanie so thank you stephanie thank you this one's especially for you <laughs> and listeners you will be grateful to stephanie for enabling us to bring this book to your attention because i cannot believe that i had never read it before and that it was so brilliant it was like <laughs> it's up there with murder in paradise i think i mean it's not it's... quite as deranged but well no but my god it is like it is properly sensational like it was another one of those all caps whatsapp text messages we ended up having like conversations during the week just like oh my god oh my god (laughs) it's got this and that I'm not going to give away what our exact words were because you don't want to be spoiled for this one because I can tell you you won't see these things coming no no, it's so good for Christmas though because it is packed with amazing presents (laughs) oh my god it really is and let's dive in with a tagline singular and blurb 
So the tagline on the back, there's no tagline on the cover, but the tagline on the back is simply revenge. <laughs> so. Oh my God. It really, really sets the tone. It's so it good. totally does. So dramatic. So uh, dramatic. And the blurb is dramatic too. Please share it with us. Okay, let's do it. Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield are working as summer interns at the Sweet Valley News when they hear that a patient has escaped from a nearby psychiatric hospital. Mm. Assigned to research the man's past for an article, the twins discover that Donald Redman was once a student at Sweet Valley High. Mm. Mm. They, they learn that his fellow students tormented him and that after a disturbing incident involving one of those students, Redman was expelled. He vowed to get revenge for his humiliation. Yes. Now, now a fugitive, Redmond sees Elizabeth and mistakes her for the popular, beautiful girl who hurt him most all those years ago. When their paths cross in the deserted high school stadium, he knows he finally has his chance to get even. Can he be stopped before it's too late? Spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, But also, I mean, even the blurb gives an indication of the riches within, including the revelation that there's another fucking... Wakefield lookalike running around out there in the world. These fucking blonde bitches are ten a penny. Like there's just doppelgangers. Like you couldn't move for doppelgangers yeah. in this town. I swear to God. Every generation. <laughs> this one is, you know, about twenty years older than the twins, yeah. but still, she's uh, she's out there somewhere. She's out there, and sure, they had their cousin Kelly as well. Was the image of them too? So even within the oh, generation, you're fucking tripping over blonde women. <laughs> and let's not forget, of course, Margot, queen of our hearts. Of course, future and always queen. And then her twin, Nora, or whatever her oh, name was, turned up. Or Nargo or something. Of course she did. Oh, God. I can't wait. Oh, that'll be, uh, that, I mean, that's going to be the special episode uh, to end all special episodes. It truly will. And it's a Christmas one as well, isn't it? The <gasps> Evil Twin. I think that's a Christmas book. We're oh. going to have to time it very carefully. <laughs> oh my God, I think it was because the kickoff for that whole sort of final series was the uh, was the Jungle Prom. And I think mm. that was the summer and then the book took place over the next few months. So... Um, Yes, there's uh, that'll be that'll be a doozy. We'll hopefully be able to time that one in, <laughs> in forty books or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, we're not that organised right now, so who knows when it'll actually land? But you look, I mean, we'll get there. Plans are meaningless <laughs> as well as time this year. Also true. <laughs> um, well, the cover of this great work of literature is another doozy, though uh, not actually representative of the contents of the book. Not exactly, but you know, it, it sets a vibe, I suppose, oh, for, does, uh, for for what's within. So, like, obviously, it's it's Liz and Jess front uh-huh. and center. Um, it's quite reminiscent of the cover of Secrets. I was thinking that. I think Isn't James it? Matthews used <laughs> the same photo that he, he got the mileage uh, out of the reference photo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't need her to color in that day. <laughs> it was got sorted. Um, but it's uh, it's swapped. So I think it's Jessica as the shocked looking <gasps> one uh, because Liz is on the phone holding it up to her ear. She's got a breath in, so it's definitely Liz. It is. She's uh, looking kind of uh, slightly startled by mm. what's on, what's going on on the on the receiving end. But uh, yeah, so Jess is kind of beside her. Nice jumper on her. Nice mm. fluffy kind of turquoise kind of colour. I'm sure it sets off her blue-green eyes perfectly. I'm sure it does. Um, it's a very summer. The lavalier is there as well. It is, yeah. Um, lovely wavy hair. Mm. The uh, Of course, the perms are left back in the main timeline, so we're back yeah, to regular yeah. hair. <laughs> <laughs> no blue streaks um, either. No, none of that carry on. But a uh, nice bit of background as well. We always appreciate a bit of um, 
context to the setting that they're oh, in. So there's like a like a cork notice board behind them because, of mm-hmm. course, they are interns for the Sweet Valley News. They are. So this is the, um, I guess, the newspaper's notice board. So there's loads of stuff just pinned up behind them. Little, you can see a bit of a map, notes and mm. graphs and things. I think, is that a, not a computer behind them? I think them, it, is it is a computer because as somebody who started working in a newspaper in 1998, um, they had some weird kind of black screen green writing of very old school computers gotcha. there. So yes. what year was this? I think it's 1980. I think we're 89, 90 maybe? Yeah. 89 probably. But uh, newspapers work slowly <laughs> with technology. So <laughs> <laughs> <same> things <laughs> 10 years later. Um, we're into yes. MS-DOS territory and uh, oh God. .exe yeah. carry on. <laughs> we really are. Uh, well, there's, there's, I'm surprised they didn't do a full sort of bustling newsroom behind them to add to the energy but it is still a it's it's a change of pace for the for the cover which I kind of appreciate it is and they've they've also done a nice uh, there's a nice touch as well where the the circle that we're all very familiar with has kind of been incorporated into like a big magnifying glass for the cover <gasps> it being a super thriller and all oh, which is very enjoyable <laughs> mine does not have that oh really oh, okay okay I'm gonna have to look that up you'll have to you'll have to post that I will. I oh, that's that's a, that's an added um, added bonus. An added yeah. bonus to yes. This mine just has a sort of a band across the the middle. That's a super thriller. Nice and uh, deadly summer and uh, <laughs> deadly indeed in the Irish sense uh, because deadly, especially if you're uh, well, I guess all over Ireland, but especially Dublin is uh, is a word we use that to say that something's just brilliant. So yeah. uh, this is a deadly book. <laughs> In all senses of the word. (laughs) So let's dive right in. Oh my God, let's do it. Um, Because we begin in the cafeteria, but not the usual cafeteria. It's not Sweet Valley High, it's the Sweet Valley News. Hooray! Oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Lila and Lila, Liz and Jess are doing an internship there and Liz basically persuaded Jess to do it and Jessica gave in because... uh, she uh, her her objections evaporated once she had met several handsome reporters at the Sweet Valley News, who I hope will give her a wide berth. You would hope, yes, absolutely, yeah. Because I also thought this is it does not seem like Jess at all to throw away her entire summer doing an internship yes. at a newspaper. It's like they're they have to be spectacularly hot these lads for Ooh. her to. Uh, to go through with this but look you know we know she's a horned dog yep. so there's no stopping her when she's got her mindset <laughs> on something <laughs> well she's got some some other uh, distractions going on because she's very eager to try out Lila's new new play thing can you tell us what that is do you know, I think this is actually my favourite opening to a book that we've done so far. Like as conversations that they start off with, go, this is just so good. Share it with um, us, please. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, we begin with uh, with Jess trying to talk Liz into giving something a go. And it's like, well, what could it be? And uh, Liz is like, come on, Jess, you don't really believe all that crazy Ouija board stuff, do you? Yes, <laughs> Jess, this book is based on Jess having, using a Ouija board. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Oh, oh my God. God. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, and yeah, the premise does not disappoint listeners. Uh, yeah, G- uh, Lila has acquired a Ouija board, which she claims is like all the rage in England. 
Or I, do they say, oh, they do actually specify England rather do. than just Europe, which is how they yeah. usually go. <laughs> no, no, just England. And any of our English listeners uh, who were who remember 1988, 89, where was everybody going mad for Ouija boards? I mean, I was reading like, teen magazines and I do not remember Ouija boards playing a prominent role but who knows now I will say when I was in secondary school and maybe second year Mm. there was a phase that some of the girls in my year went through where they were all obsessed with Ouija boards Mm. and they'd like but they were like you know they'd kind of draw one out would say on a copy book like and do it in the jacks kind of and uh, they all were very taken by the whole Ouija board thing and freaking each other out but uh, I I never Mm. partook I'd say I've never done a Ouija board no and Um, I wouldn't either no neither would I like I kind of like on one hand I'm like look nothing would happen and it would be a load of bullshit and yeah. it's grand but I'm also like I'm also not going to chance it because why the fuck would I? <laughs> exactly the same here. That's it. Because I think at the time when all that was going on my dad told me a story about how like a guy he went to college with did a Ouija board and like a statue of Holy Mary on a mantelpiece started spinning around <gasps> and I was just like no absolutely yeah. not I'm not having anything to do with that. You be must be joking. Exactly the same. <laughs> I am like just say no to Ouija boards kids absolutely not you will not catch me with them now I do like the aesthetic of a Ouija board oh, yeah, I will they say look that amazing. Um, they do like I have a t-shirt with a Ouija board on it, but I'll never do one <laughs> just flirting with Ouija board imagery there <laughs> if my boobs end up summoning a ghost it's completely by accident I swear <laughs> I mean, it's a danger. I'm not going to know what you're dabbling with there, Karen. I don't realise it is. Maybe I just won't wear it. (laughs) Well, this book, I don't know, listeners will uh, ultimately persuade, maybe will persuade Karen by the end of this episode to give it a go. (laughs) Because uh, it correctly, Lila's Ouija board apparently correctly predicted that Jess would have a date to some event or or another. And, And even Liz points out, it does not take much you know, magic <laughs> to get that. Also, everybody has to have a date to every single function in Sweet Valley. It's so. mandatory. We know this. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we, we get a little um, recap of their summer, which I guess was documented in the other super thrillers. And it's unhinged. Oh my God. Truly. Because, yeah, this is like maybe the third, possibly fourth super thriller book. Yeah. So like, but they're, they're trying to tell us that like all the ones before this all happened within the space of that one summer. Yeah. It's like, come on, lads. Yeah, it says not even Elizabeth had expected their summers to be so exciting. Within days of starting their internships, the twins had been caught up in a grisly murder case. When that was wrapped up, mob hitmen and a boy in the protection protective witness program had to drag Elizabeth and Jessica into serious Danger. <laughs> you know, your standard summer internship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what my work experience in the Irish Film Centre was like. Oh my gosh. Constantly, <laughs> constantly dicing with death as I took letters to be franked in the franking machine. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, they're, they're just taking all this crazy shit in their stride. But um, Ouija boards now, Liz is skeptical of them. And Jessica re- reminds her of their own twin tuition which has cropped up in other books and uh, Liz can't deny that so Jessica sort of uses that to um to kind of push the idea of mm. Liz joining them in and dabbling with these issues so after work they head to the dairy burger where they meet Lila and Enid who we're told don't like each other much but end up hanging out a lot because of the twins but do they really they don't not really but then again you know they do tend to rewrite the rules slightly for these kind of 
special edition books. Oh, you know, people okay. don't always act the way that we're yeah. used to them acting because they make it sound like nearly Lila and Enid are sitting at a table across from each other yeah. waiting for the twins, which would not happen. Seems like. very <laughs> unlikely. They would be at opposite ends of that dairy burger. Yeah. Uh, so they, and when they settle down at the table, like Liz is talking to Enid and Jessica's talking to Lila and Liz whispers to Enid that she's got a letter from none other than hashtag poor Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're rewinding somewhat mm. to uh, back when she's still with Jeffrey. But um, yeah. yeah, look, none of it lines up with the actual book, so yeah. don't worry about it. <laughs> well, Jeffrey is off being a camp counsellor up near San Francisco. And uh, Liz uh, confides in Enid that in his latest letter, he says that he has big news, but he's got to keep it a secret for now. Mm. Mm. Intriguing. Uh, it's not really that intriguing. Sorry, I don't, no, I don't want to get it's... people to think that's a major exciting plot point. <laughs> There's much more exciting stuff coming up. It's oh. like Jeffrey is not one of them. No. no, there is much more exciting stuff. So Lila <laughs> and Jess talk about the Ouija board and uh, Jess is like, oh, it's it's true. It told me I'd be on TV, which surely she already has been. And frankly, she speaking. has. She was on. She was on. Frankly speaking, yeah. we know this. <laughs> well, uh, Liz says that she. Um, she, she can't believe that uh, Lila and Jessica are being so gullible and tells Lila that she thought she had more sense. And Lila just like goes like really overreacts to this. Oh, massively. Like they kind of say that Lila's a bit insecure, but like not to this extent, I wouldn't have thought. Like she's literally going, oh, you think I was just a stupid idiot with nothing better to do? And Liz- Elizabeth gasped. I didn't mean, no, forget it. I know what you meant, Lila snapped. She bought it for a napkin and tossed it onto the table and then she just walks off. Like, yeah, just... it is an overreaction, massively. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they've got a distraction because somebody else arrives saying, hello, little children, I have arrived. <laughs> Who could it be? Well, it could only be Bruce Patman, of course. <laughs> it sure is. He says, the social occasion could now officially start. Patman is here. Oh, my God. Uh, so he's his usual, usual sort of boastful self. He's going on about his, um, he's just had a tennis match and says, like, does the f- phrase complete and total massacre mean anything to you kids? <laughs> so he's just being a douche as usual. Yeah, his usual self. And Liz uh, heads off because uh, she's got a babysitting gig in the evening and she just thinks, you know, when she writes back to Jeffrey, her, it'll basically be, you know, same old, same old. And this uh, Jessica's got a crazy craze. And Bruce is being a dick. Um, uh, things are it's business as usual in Sweet Valley, but not for long, <laughs> as we will find out. Uh, so Liz or Jess and Lila leave the the dairy burger to head off to Fowler Crest, and Lila is still in a fucking mood because of Liz. This is ridiculous. She's yeah, she's really, really grumpy like, yes. and snappy and uh, yeah, really just has it in for Liz now. Um, yeah. And I, they have said before that Lila holds a grudge and we do know that about her. But like this is really such an overreaction. It's yeah. a bit weird. Well, we, <laughs> but then, you know, you, you do have to give it to her, though, at one point when she says uh, she turns the car onto the drive, letting out a frustrated sigh. Your sister just acts so superior sometimes I could scream. It's like, yeah, fair uh, enough, Lila. True, true. <laughs> And then she uh, she says that um, as they go into Fowler Crest, where, by the way, we're told that because Lila is an only child, she rattles around inside Fowler Crest like a pea in a barrel. This is quite the image. <laughs> it really is. Oh, flat-faced pea 
Oh. Rolling around. Um, but <laughs> as they as they roll through the the, the luxurious rooms of Fowler Crest, Lila rants that Liz really acts like Miss Perfect to know it all. Doesn't she ever tick you off? Basically, like, don't you want to ever get back at her? Like, if one of those sisters had a reason to get back at the other, it's it's not Jess getting back at Liz. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely not. But Lila has a plan to take Liz down a peg or two. Can you tell us what it is? Oh my god! Yeah. So Lila, she she wants to get Liz to try out the Ouija board, and she's like, if we try to get her get her to try and to try it out and predict something that we know is going to come mm. true, so that it'll freak her out. Yeah, and then she'll um, believe the Ouija board, and then we yeah. show, well, who's the gullible one now? <laughs> That's literally it. It's a very strange plan. It is. But Lila has a sort of a, she has a hook for this plan because she has inside info to some friend of her dad's that a big concert by some band called Endless Summer, very apt name, band name for these books. It really is. And actually, I thought it was like Endless Summer. I thought it was like the name of a festival or yeah, something. That makes way more sense that it's like a band called Endless Summer. I think that's what it is. Uh, even a festival yeah. I mean, also makes sense. But um, yeah, they're, they're playing this big gig in the uh, Sweet Valley High football stadium, but it's going to be postponed by a week. They have an odd thing to do to a gig. But anyway, um, so that's nobody knows at all. And it has been announced to the press. So Jess suggests, or Lila suggests, they do this like um, the next day, and then Liz will be her mind will be blown when the news is announced soon. Yeah. So she loves the scheme, and she also suggests that uh, you know they get some more ammunition by going through Liz's letters from Jeffrey. <laughs> so unprincipled. Oh, like completely. And Jessica asks, acts kind of scandalised by it. But like, that's not anything she hasn't done before. Oh, so like. She's the one who suggests the letters. It's like literally, we, initially she's scandalised. Then five seconds later, she's like, mm, I could go through her post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks if there was anybody who could cook up a plan, it was Lila Fowler. True. <laughs> so a day or so later, Liz persuades Jess who is as, or sorry, Jess persuades Liz, who is as usual doing housework while Jessica does <laughs> fuck all. Just sits around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah she Liz, she persuades uh, Liz to give the Ouija board to go. And she does so by sort of playing on Liz's um, self-identifying as a writer. She's like, don't writers want to experience new things? And that's, that's the... The, the key to Liz's, um, you know, we know she's the soul of a journalist, apparently, even though I'm a journalist <laughs> and I do not want to go to Ouija board. But... <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it works. So when Lila arrives, they set the Ouija board up and, you know, there's a lot, it's quite dramatic. They're like, oh yeah, they, they like dim the lights mm. and um, it's all very setting the tone for it. Yeah. Yes. And they make the, uh, the Ouija board give Liz a message that there's uh, good news but it's secret. Uh-huh. And that fits in with of course this they know this because they have read or Jessica has read Jeffrey's letters and mm. Liz immediately and rightly uh, thinks that Jess has been reading her private letters and Jessica gasped. She looked at Violet <laughs> in astonishment then back to Elizabeth. Liz, I wouldn't do that. I swear. Jessica met Liz's gaze or Elizabeth's gaze steadily, a faintly injured expression on her face. And she keeps going, honestly, I wouldn't read your private letters. She's a psychopathic liar. 
like, yeah, this is exactly something she's done before. Like, I, I don't know why Liz is re- believes her so readily. It's so strange. I know. Um, so they try the board again and it spells out concert delay week. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that... This is this this cryptic message is uh, Liz just totally dismisses it because she says, look, there's no way. So this is a big concert um, that there's no way it's been it's been delayed. And they finish up on the board, you know, with the board. And she thinks sort of she's sort of amused. She's like, oh, God, they were obviously, you know, moving that. But why didn't they think of something more convincing? But then she gets a phone call from her (gasps) boss at the paper, Seth. And what does he say? (laughs) <laughs> so yeah he rings her up to say that uh, the features editor has just called him because he just found out that the Endless Summer concert is being postponed <gasps> so we've got to get in early and rewrite the story so poor Liz is like what the oh, fuck is happening that would be quite freaky <laughs> but also how, what it's a very slow news day if this is like <laughs> oh no we've got hold the front page priority <laughs> we've got to work on this all night <laughs> <laughs> like he has to wring her the night before to like psych her up for this episode Epic task for the next day. <laughs> We've got to come in early to say it's been postponed. <laughs> well, next day the twins head to the paper, and Liz hasn't told Jessica until now that she, you know basically the Ouija board was right. And no. Liz, Jessica, when when she does hear the news, uh, is you know as one would expect, is like that proves the bo- my point. The board is real, but and Liz gets quite defensive. She's clearly a bit rattled. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's properly freaked out by it, I suppose. And the timing was kind of worked out in their favour too with Seth mm. ringing as she went downstairs. So that went well for them. Yes, very conveniently. Um, so Jessica suggests testing the board again tonight and a distracted Liz, she's sort of reassured she's back in the sensible office. She sort of feels mm. nothing bad could happen here. Um, it agrees. Okay, you know, she's pretty much like, yeah, fine, whatever you, I don't really care. Because she's got another thing worrying her. Um, she's lost her precious journal. And yeah, she, she can't remember where she left it. She had she had taken it outside, I think, by the pool and then just couldn't find it anywhere when she went looking for it. Yeah. So the whole day, she's kind of slightly freaked out by the, for the whole Ouija board thing. And she's, you know, I mean, you would be a bit worried if you'd lost your diary somewhere. So true. Um, she's she wishes a sensible Jeffrey would come would come back and allay all her fears. But though she also tells us that she can't confide in Enid because Enid would think it was ridiculous. I, d- I don't really see why she can't tell Enid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they uh, kind of leave Enid out of this nearly altogether, don't they? Yeah, it would have made more sense to just have Enid off on holiday rather than have her here and Elizabeth not <laughs> confiding anything to her. <laughs> just not hanging out with her. Yeah. Well, we're told that as much as she hated to admit it, Elizabeth felt strangely fascinated by the Ouija board. Oh my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jess delights in her twin's discomfort and uh, she can't wait for the board to predict where the journal is. But because, of course, she stole it. And of course she did. Jesus. Jessica would be prepared to swear on a stack of Bibles that she didn't have a hand in it. Just admitting <laughs> she's just like a shameless liar. But then again, it's like uh, Jessica. Yeah, she didn't enjoy lying. But if she if she had oh. to, she did. It's like, are you serious? This is not her first rodeo. For <laughs> no, that was the biggest <laughs> lie of all. Oh yes, my God. didn't enjoy lying. <laughs> well, she certainly Ridiculous. brings herself to do it quite often. 
Yeah. Oh, my arm is twisted so much. Oh, no. Oh, oh here's another ter- ridiculous story that got somebody else into trouble. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she gets the board out and she reminds Liz as well. that Because Liz is like, are you sure you didn't put my journal somewhere? And she's like, but I swore I'd never go anywhere near it. <laughs> so I don't say. She's truly monstrous. So, <laughs> the board, they get out the board and it spells refrigerator. And Liz thinks, this is ridiculous. I'm hardly going to put my journal in the fridge. In the fridge, yeah. But then they go over to the fridge and what should be on top of it right at the back? Oh, well, it's the journal, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and Liz is absolutely understandably totally freaked out, as, especially as Jess is like, no, I have nothing to do with it. And um, yeah, we're told once Elizabeth found out, well, this is what Jessica thinks, once Elizabeth found out it was all a good natured joke, she would forgive her for lying. I promise, Jessica vowed. Oh my God, where to begin? It's it's so pointless though. Like I know Lila has a weird grudge now against Liz and we kind of get a bit more on that later. But like for Jess to be just so intent on tricking her for no reason, it's like, why do you care at this point? So much work as well. I'm just like high journals on top of bridges, get the fucking Ouija board out every, you know, 20 minutes. Um, so Liz heads out to her babysitting gig. It turns out she's she's babysitting this little kid called Max while his mother, Elsa Bartles, um, has to work in the evening. Her husband is away on business and uh, for a few weeks and there's something going on at work that means she has to have lots of meetings in the evening for some slightly weird reason. So massively plausible, but... Um, she's a busy career gal. <laughs> it's the 80s. She's wearing a parachute. Um, yeah. So Liz heads over there. She's really freaked out by this gaslighting that's going on and she, she tells herself that Jess wouldn't lie to her oh Liz have you met like her she, she has lied about things far worse than this like <laughs> yes. this is nothing Jessica <laughs> well um, Liz decides that she's going to she's just going to you know concentrate on looking after this uh, adorable child for the evening and she won't think about any of this sort of Ouija madness mm. so the next day Jess is meeting Lila uh, after work and as she waits for Lila to arrive she rates the men who pass by <laughs> thinking things like cute definitely cute his hair is too curly now that one is prime hmm <laughs> too old <laughs> <laughs> and then she flashed a dazzling smile at a young lawyer type in a three-piece suit strolling by just an absolutely gas bitch like you have to give it to her <laughs> well Lila pulls up in the lime green triumph and oh, um, love it. says I won't say what she looked like scoping all those guys and Jessica <laughs> says I thought I was being subtle and Lila says yes subtle as a bulldozer true <laughs> is she just standing there with her tongue hanging out of her head like <laughs> <laughs> like her eyes going out in stalks like a <laughs> it takes Avery once yes. <laughs> Well, they head off in the Lime Green Triumph to uh, the mall and Jess tells Lila that the gaslighting is uh, very, very successful. So much so that Liz is reading a book called A Beginner's Guide to Occultism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, poor Liz. (laughs) Also, it really made me think, I recently read an amazing book, which I strongly recommend to listeners of this podcast called My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. And it's about two teenage girls in the late 80s and one of them gets possessed and and her best friend 
realizes she has to save her friend from the demon that has taken her over. But it's really, it's creepy. It's really funny. And it's got an incredibly satisfying ending. And deadly. Uh, it kind of is a bit like if Sweet Valley Book had been <laughs> written with oh my God. satanic forces and also Fantastic. some real human emotions. <laughs> Yeah, imagine. <laughs> uh, yes, so I would strongly recommend checking that out. And I, I was hoping when, you know, Liz is actually reading books about the occult that we might be going in that direction, but it doesn't go quite that far. Yeah, not as far as I'd like anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to start going far in another direction because mm. Lila has a new plan for this uh, Ouija board scheme and it is incredible. Oh man. Please share it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Lila reckons that if they get the board to give Liz some really bad news, um, that like that somebody she knows is really sick, and Jess is like, "Are we talking terminal illness?" <laughs> Grinning, Lila nodded her head. It's like, "Wow, these bitches are stone cold." <laughs> so, so they're reckoning that um, if oh yeah, so Jess kind of points out, look, if it was a friend of hers, she'd be really upset and she'd be really nice and helpful to them. And Lila's like, "Yes, of course she would." But if it's someone that Liz doesn't like. Um, like if someone she really can't stand and gets on her nerves, then she'd have to like force herself to be nice to them. So they decide that the one person that Liz really doesn't like, <laughs> apparently, is Bruce. <laughs> yes, Jessica just goes, Bruce, a sneaky smile at Lila's face. Exactly. And she goes, Lila, you're brilliant. Lila bowed from the waist. Thank you very much. She says. <laughs> Well, this is all happening at a, at a makeup counter as well, by the way, just for the full setting. Oh, so it's yes, while they're fantastic. Of, while they're trying on some glittering uh, cosmetics. Blue eyeliner. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to tell Liz that through the magic of the Ouija board that Bruce wants to keep his illness a secret because Jessica's like, but Bruce isn't going to go along with this, by the way, he totally would. But um, he, uh, they, J Lila points out, he doesn't have to know. So that's even better that Liz will just start being really nice to Bruce who, um, you know, with no, uh, it'll show that she really believes in the Ouija board, even if Bruce is doing nothing to encourage this. Yes. Um, so they decide that they're going to build up to it like over the course of a session as opposed to just going and I quote, whammo, Bruce is dying. <laughs> so Jessica says, I'll sneak another look at her journal and find something to use. And then, Jesus. whammo, Bruce is dying. <laughs> and then they just laugh merrily and head off. Actual psychopath. Yeah, totally. But after they say goodbye, we get an insight into Lila's thoughts. Oh my God. Because she has an even more ulterior motive. Ulterior like, motive. There are layers to this plan. It's hilarious. Oh yes. my God. Um, yeah. No, do you want to go ahead, so? Uh, well, it's basically that she thinks that she knows that Bruce has always, you know, kind of had a bit of a thing for Liz, which he has mm. since his extremely uh, sexual assaulty. Mm moment yes, in yeah. Dear Sister, lest we forget. But she thinks that the only thing stopping Bruce making another move is Jeffrey. <laughs> and if Jeffrey spends, if Jeffrey's out of the way and if Liz is spending a lot of time with Bruce, um, when Jeffrey returned, she hopes Sweet Valley's most rock-solid couple would be on the rocks. I mean, they're not that rock-solid. It took Todd literally turning up for five, five minutes later. <laughs> they were not solid at all. But uh, yes, Lila thinks, and then Jeffrey will be free for me. 
Oh my God. All this time later, she's still holding a torch for Jeffrey. Yep. She has not forgotten. Ella Fowler does not forgive or forget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we get a full recap of her. uh, She did have that scheme, you know, trying to pretend that... uh, Remember, she she tried to make Liz think that Enid was... Or not Enid, uh, Olivia and Jeffrey were having a bit of a thing. Oh, was this the slam book thing? Yes. That was it as well, yeah. So she actually does have fires of of, her form in this, you know, taking an active hand to to cause trouble between them. (laughs) But we're told, for some reason, though, her plots had all backfired. <laughs> but not this time, Lila told herself. And as she pulls the lime green triumph up in, full of, in front of Fowler Crest, she sighs blissfully and says aloud, Lila Fowler, you are a genius. <laughs> I screamed when I read that line. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Like, oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> she really is. And she is a genius. I mean, it is, it's an evil scheme, but it's very effective. Oh, it really is. She's great. <laughs> top soap opera villainy. I love it. Uh, she is on top form throughout this book. Uh, it's not a bad moment with her. And on Friday afternoon in the office, the twins are chatting with the with the journalist about it. It's basically been a really quiet uh, news week. But then an alert comes through on the police radio that they're listening to. And what could it be? Oh, my God. They need all vehicles in the vicinity of the San Rafael Hospital, um, which is a psychiatric uh, hospital outside of town. So they're saying that uh, patient Donald Redman has escaped during the night. (gasps) So he's um, assumed dangerous and they need all vehicles to report to the hospital building. So it's very exciting. Yes. Dramatic. He's diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, highly uh, and highly excitable, which, by the way, seems to be an excuse for every single person, including Elizabeth, to... uh, to say things, call him like a crazed madman and oh, out I of mean, the yeah. house. Let's face it, Sweet Valley was never going to have a good angle on mental health or yeah. like issues with that kind of thing. So yeah, there's, there was no good way that this was going to be handled, that's for sure. No, and it isn't. Um, no. yeah, Liz is all excited because, quote, an escaped psychopath is proper news. <laughs> and Seth... Yeah, and- that's... Sorry. But that's Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> She's on the loose already. Yeah. I guess, yeah, they're, they're sort of used to her. They need another one to live things up. Yes, Seth asks Liz to uh, research Redmond's background to find out how, quote, he ended up in the nut house. Another sensitive <laughs> portrayal. <laughs> so, oh, no. Liz says she'll get in touch with the school. And within 45 minutes, this is very impressive. She's got the full background and it's quite a tale of Redmond's uh, life and times. Yeah, but like 45 minutes later, like during the the summer holidays, she's managed to get hold of like people working in school. And I'd be like, would you ever fuck off and leave me alone? (laughs) I'm on my holidays. The school is closed. Go away. (laughs) And also before the internet and mobiles, she managed to get hold of all of them very true like somebody had to drive to the office to go through <laughs> records like for all of this this was a massive pain in the arse for someone who's meant to be off work um, but yeah she's gleaned that uh, that Redmond was apparently a straight A student in Sweet Valley High he was in the science club with a special interest in electronics um, but he was suspended several times for disruptive mm. behaviour and started fights with teachers when they disagreed with him and then mm. he he in his senior year he developed a fixation just on one girl yeah, so mm. following her around and annoying her. And uh, Seth says, fits in with what I've got. Some guys never give up. I mean, that's a sweet valley way. 
So yeah. it's basically the motto. Like yeah. when you drive into Sweet Valley, I'd say it's just like, it's welcome to Sweet Valley. Some guys never give up. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Redford is a true son of Sweet Valley. <laughs> he fits in perfectly, let's yeah. face it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yes, this is how she found out everything. There was a school, a secretary in the school was there who, who somehow just knew all of this shit off the top of her head. I mean, I suppose you wouldn't forget it. It's very dramatic. The, uh, the girl was the homecoming queen who was going out with the football team captain. And and uh, Redmond kept asking her out and thought that everybody was plotting to keep them apart. Um, so he is sort of paranoid and quite aggressive. And they said that the school wouldn't give him the details of why he was expelled, but he was expelled. Um, mm. And uh, then they discover that he was arrested for kidnapping. Yeah, so I think Liz kind of pieces together that it must have involved the girl that he was obsessed with. Yes. Um, so they figure out that this was why he was expelled because he actually went ahead and like actually kidnapped yeah. this girl. But this isn't why he was sectioned because apparently the reason he's he's in this psychiatric hospital is because he tried to kill his mother and father with a bomb a few years later because <laughs> he's an electronics <laughs> genius. <laughs> he made a bomb the police almost couldn't handle. <laughs> it was highly sophisticated, apparently. <laughs> I know. So... Uh, yeah, they so that's basically he's been in in uh, in hospital since then, and um, that's all they they know of him. Now he's escaped somehow. Never find out how he got out, but hmm. um, Liz starts uh, you know gets to work trying to research more just to find out about like can they find anything about his family or does he have any friends or or you know relatives left in the town, hmm. but she worries that he might return to Sweet Valley to settle the score. Ooh. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other people in that town who could, uh, who you could understand having vengeful feelings towards oh, the denizens. Oh, like he'll have to join, he'll have to join the queue for like revenge on Sweet Valley <laughs> to bear Jesus. <laughs> so later, she, Liz heads off to the Bartles house, and she feels quite understandably that uh, you know her head is full of Redmond bombs or Redman bombs, occult messages, inexplicable coincidence, and crazy paranoias. It's a lot, Liz. It's a lot to be dealing with, to be fair. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, when she arrives at the Red at the Bartles house, she tells Mrs. Bartle about you know this escaped uh, psychiatric patient, and Mrs. Bartle goes chalky white and says that she'll cancel her her meeting and stay at home. <gasps> so mm. she um, and Liz feels bad about freaking her out, but Mrs. Bartle says, "You look, it's not a back to." Uh, a big deal you know come over if you can you know come over on monday um so this is uh realizes she'll have a free evening to spend on the ouija board <laughs> uh so meanwhile lila and jess back at the casa del wakefield are plotting and they're they're really good at how they do this because they're all like okay we'll make it look like the board is kind of reluctant at first we're not going to splurge everything out in one um but of course they clam up when Liz arrives and they use the Redman escape story as kind of their in with the Ouija board. Like it's done very well in fairness yeah. to them. Because they're like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, Redman's, you know, this this man is on the loose. Are we in danger? And the board says uh, that they are not, but somebody else is in danger. Whoa. And <laughs> it's, uh, yes, BP. <laughs> they are ill it is secret and then it says that it, it, this BP is dying 
Elizabeth gasped. Oh, no. What does secret mean? Lila continued, her voice low and intense. Doesn't he know? Knows, was the answer. <laughs> he knows, but no one else does, Elizabeth whispered with conviction. So basically, uh, they, they confirm with the Ouija board that Bruce doesn't want anyone to know that he's dying. And everybody is, uh, the, well, of course, the two spoofers are going, oh, I can't believe it. And Lila says, he has been looking sort of, I don't know, tired, maybe. But I'm, I'm probably imagining it. <laughs> and Liz, is, Liz must be very impressionable because she's like, no, no, I've noticed that too. Yeah. I just never thought it could be something like this. And I was like, oh, no, they've really got her taken in. Like, But they do. They played it so well. And like at one point, Lila stops and she's like, no, this is too creepy. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And then they keep going, obviously. So like they're great actresses. <laughs> I know. And they, they t- they do, the tone is perfect. It's just enough yeah. to get Liz um, Liz hooked. So she starts thinking, you know, maybe Bruce acts the way he does because he's scared of dying. And Lila <laughs> suggests asking him, but Elizabeth, who was just completely taking the Ouija board's word for all of this, is like, no, he doesn't want anyone to know. <laughs> he wants to save his pride. <laughs> and says, it'll just be nice to him. So Lila says, well, you know, uh, I think he's going to be at the beach disco tonight. Uh, and why don't we head over? And Elizabeth says that that sounds like a good idea. So Jess is only delighted to see that the gaslighting plan is oh is working. Actually, it's sort of no, it's gone beyond gaslighting now. It's I don't know. It's oh just fraud. I think it pretty much is. Yeah, like or like, is it some kind of entrapment? I don't know. It's like setting her up like it's this for Bruce something. is not a good plan. No. Like. As yeah. spoiler alert, as Jess comes to realise, yeah. So they arrive at uh, the beach disco, which we're told is a sprawling redwood building. That sounds very nice. Mm. On the beach. It does actually, doesn't it? Much nicer than I was picturing. Yeah. I, think I was pictured as like kind of a shack. <laughs> Me too. It's sort of prefab. <laughs> <laughs> love shack on yeah. the beach <laughs> little old place where they can get together and eat <laughs> so yeah Liz by the way Liz feels a bit strange being there without Jeffrey for fuck's sake like, you can go places on your own it's fine <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's ridiculous so she finds Bruce and gives him a warm smile on when he sees her He's, uh, his dark eyebrows rise or uh, rose a fraction in surprise, and he says, "Hey, Goldilocks, <laughs> <laughs> he's got OTG. Yay! He's back. <laughs> it's our favorite form of Bruce. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, all of the Bruce and Liz stuff is amazing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's genuinely funny because Liz keeps thinking, oh, obviously his arrogant act was all just a, it's all just a bluff. It's it's all for show to hide his pain. <laughs> she said, she said, like I came to the disco to see you, and he's like, seriously, really? What is happening? Because actually, when she comes up to him at first, he's like, oh, uh, no, not much. Uh, Liz, kind of like a question in his voice, yeah. and she's like, oh yeah, no, it is me. And he's like, why is she talking to me? <laughs> And he asks her to dance and she agrees because she's thinking like, oh, his dancing days are numbered. He won't be able to <laughs> dance more for long. He was a good dancer, but there was no lot in telling how much longer he'll be able to enjoy himself. By the way, oh this dance God. is clearly a slow set. It must be, yeah. Um. So yeah, she's in his arms and she's like, how are you? And he's like, fine, just fine. <laughs> and then his heart's welled with emotion because Bruce is so brave and she thinks she might cry. <laughs> 
And she's he's like, you know, why usually you don't why why is this happening basically? Yeah, <laughs> what's going on? And she looks at him and tries to give a long, meaningful look, trying to communicate her sympathy and support without bringing the subject out in the open. She's like, it's nothing. Bruce says, okay by me. His voice smooth and caressing. <laughs> and she rests his cheek against his shoulder and thinks, poor Bruce. You don't oh have God. to pretend. Poor Bruce. <laughs> and he is loving it. Oh, he's having such a good night. <laughs> So the next day at the beach, Edith notices that Liz is preoccupied. And I guess what, with Bruce dying, the Ouija board and the escaped <laughs> bomber, she's got a lot in mind. She does have a lot to be dealing with, it's true. <laughs> and uh, of course, she can't tell Enid that she's thinking about Bruce and how nobly he bears his suffering. But she keeps thinking, oh, you'd hardly think he was sick. He looked so healthy. <laughs> and then Bruce approaches uh, I'm going to give her his full outfit, but let's just say he's wearing his trademark shorts. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, when he wants to, when Liz asks him to sit down, Enid pretty much just runs into the sea. Yeah, Enid's like, what is going on here? I'm hanging around for this bullshit. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so Bruce tells Liz he had a great time at the beach disco and says, in, in a very clunky line, says, uh, you really know how to make life worth living. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> so she keeps, and he's he's smiling at her, giving her a devilish smile. And uh, she thinks, she wonders, is he going to talk about, you know, his terrible illness, but realises that he's clearly not ready to, to do it yet. Yeah. And then he says, do you feel like walking? She's like, are you sure you feel up to it? And he's like, <laughs> and then she smiles tenderly at him. <laughs> like he is loving this so much it's so funny <laughs> oh my god and then he puts his arm around her and looks down at her his eyes sparkling and says you know you're okay Goldilocks <laughs> <laughs> and he puts her, his arm around her sh- his shoulder and uh, she's like you're not so bad yourself but she does remove the arm she does. No, she edges out from under his arm and she, she realises, look, you know, I don't want anyone getting the wrong impression here because like what she felt for Bruce was a warm, compassionate <laughs> friendship. But she could see how walking so close might be misunderstood, yeah. like you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Jessica is freaked out by, can see all this. She's at the beach too. And she thinks, rightly, this joke is going like way too far. Yeah. And Lila disagrees. And Jessica's pointing out, look, Bruce does basically does not play fair. You know, he could take mm. advantage of Liz. And she realizes that Lila told Bruce to call to the beach and uh and find and find Jess. And is like, that was like, did you call him? And Lila goes, Me call Bruce Patman on the <laughs> telephone. <laughs> with my reputation. <laughs> Lila is having the time of her life. Oh, she's lovely. But it's so funny that Jessica is annoyed by this because they do actually say like, in the past, Jessica had often poked her nose into Elizabeth's relationships trying to stir up trouble. But for Lila to do it struck her as unfair. It's like, it's not okay when you do it either. No. Oh my God. She's such a massive hypocrite. 
fucking lunatic. Stop it. Jess says, look, we have to tell the, the truth now. But I was like, oh, but, but what about, you know, she might find out about you reading her personal letters. Uh. And Jess realizes she's trapped. And when Lila says that she's got another, you know, um, idea for upping the ante in this scheme, Jessica, kind of reluctantly, but really not that reluctantly, to be honest, <laughs> agrees to go along with it. So later that evening, Lila calls over to the Wakefield Split Level Ranch House and sees one Bruce one drive away <laughs> and smiles a cash-like smile to herself. <laughs> and when she goes in, uh, Liz says that Bruce was just dropping her home and that he's not so bad, really. Hmm. Oh, I mean, he is. He's the worst. But, yes. you know, this is hilarious. Oh, my God, it's amazing. <laughs> and Lila is reveling in Liz's concern for Bruce and smugly thinks, you know, well, oh, she told me and Jessica that we were gullible. Well, look at her now. And fair point. Yeah. <laughs> she does have her there. So they head to Jess's room to get the Ouija board out again. And Lila feigns, you see, this, Lila's so good at this. She feigns reluctance. And it's Liz who ends up persuading her. Liz is all in on all the cult stuff now. It's kind of incredible. It took like two days. She's so convinced. It's gas. Like, imagine if Lila used her powers for good, like the things she could achieve. Oh, man. (laughs) If only. (laughs) Um, Well, they ask the board who it has a message for it. It says that it's Elizabeth, but but no more. Because it's so skillful because it just means that Jessica, that Liz is, continues to be sort of hooked by the Ouija board but they're not like throwing out loads of stuff uh, you know no, they yeah they just re- they really leave her hanging because it's like oh there's a message for you and then it's like it all goes quiet and nothing yeah. else happens so now she's just left wondering the whole time oh, so yeah like they're they're so good at this they really are um, <laughs> and Lila is delighted when an intrigued Liz asks you know is the message about Bruce or or maybe Jeffrey and Lila's like oh who did you say first there oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's so sneaky <laughs> and on that sneaky moment we're going to take a quick break to tell you about another podcast in the Headcast um, podcast Head, Head Stuff Podcast <laughs> Network it is a mouthful to be fair. It is. <laughs> oh God, no, but this, uh, yes, yeah, so this week uh, you should check out Joe Rooney's Pod Rooney. Um, like Joe is easily one of the most recognisable comedians, I would say, in Ireland. Um, he's obviously well known as Father Damo from uh, from Father Ted. Um, so his interview podcast, Pod Rooney, uh, he'll chat with comedians, actors and musicians, as well as anybody with a fascinating story. And there's loads of episodes in the back catalogue, so there's lots to get through in these cold nights. Yes. Hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first Potterooney, and since then I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels here and there all over the world, including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Mertza, Aidan Gillen, and Culture Reardon, but loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell including the sadly no longer with this Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drada Homeless Aid, Christine Volset, a Norwegian singer-documentary maker who ended up hanging out with the young lads in inner city Dublin and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell, and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's Potteroni. And now, back to Sweet Valley, 
where the twins are uh, back at work and Jessica complains of boredom because even the like psycho killer quote trail <laughs> has gone cold. But Liz is sure that Redmond is out there somewhere waiting to pounce um, because the the fellow journalist in the paper discovered that the girl he was into in school was really horrible to him and that she and her friends kind of waged a uh, instead of letting Redmond down easily she had teased and taunted him her popular and exclusive clique football players and her girlfriends had made a campaign of practical jokes and insults against him they had turned Redmond and his unrequited love into the joke of Sweet Valley High and um, now I'm going to say that that's an excuse for kidnapping somebody but no. they uh, <laughs> they were pretty horrible Though they were horrible. But again, this isn't, this is kind of stuff that we've seen from like the students there, know. you know, that we read about. And it's like, oh, you do realize you're all a bunch of assholes, <laughs> yes? <laughs> there's never, there's never a moment where any of them go, God, is there anyone weird doing this to now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no self reflection needed. <laughs> yeah, never. And Jess sees a picture of Redman in the paper and it's like, oh, he looks bizarre. And this is like, he really doesn't. Look, absolutely projecting. He's just a normal, quite attractive man in his early thirties. Um, like, there's nothing. He doesn't stand out. Doesn't stand out at all. But, if you might see yes. him somewhere. Hmm. And hmm. um, so Jess asks Liz to cover for her because she's skiving off for the afternoon to go to the cinema <laughs> with Lila. And of course, Liz the sap gives in pretty much straight away and says, "I don't know why I she let does. you get away with this kind of thing all the time." Neither do I. I mean, we're still waiting for a reason. But look, although I do like that uh, the film that she's going to go see with Lila is Terror in the Subway oh, yeah. Part 4, which sounds fucking amazing. Part 4, though, that's amazing. That's when it gets really good. Of course, <laughs> when yeah. the whole cast has changed. <laughs> but there's a callback to Terror in the Subway 1. Yeah, yeah. for the diehard fans, you know. The least dregs. So <laughs> later, Liz uh, answers Seth's phone. But there's a mysterious voice on the other end. <gasps> oh, no. Um, yeah, it's uh, it just says, this is a friend calling. Mm-hmm. And the voice is kind of weird. It's like a whisper and kind of a strange voice. So Liz uh, calls for Seth to come over. I think he was going to get coffee or something. Yeah. So she gets him back over. But the voice says, I wanted to let you know, there's a bomb. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the voice on the... The phone starts laughing, I think, like maniacally, yeah, of course. An unmistakable um, edge of madness to his oh, cheerful there we go. laugh. That's how you do it. Uh, so, yeah, he says uh, somewhere where there are plenty of folks, that's where. Um, so I think Seth tries to get the cops on the other line. Yeah, and, um, and tries to get Liz talking to get more, or t- tells Liz to keep him talking to get more info. Yeah, so she eventually gets it out of him that the bomb apparently is at the Valley Cinema. <gasps> Where Jessica and Lila are going to see Terror in the Subway. <laughs> Shit! Terror in the, in the cinema. Yes. So they uh, they head off, dodging traffic um, to, to get to the cinema in time. They see chaos at the when they arrive at the the Omniplex because the, <laughs> the crowd are, are street. By the way, the Sweet Valians behave disgracefully in every <laughs> single... Emergency. They will panic at the drop of a hat. Like there is no exiting in an orderly fashion for these people whatsoever. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> so at the cinema, Jess's screening of Terror in the Subway is, of course, halted. And the crowd, again, in there, panic immediately. Like I've been in a few bomb scares and people don't panic. 
Like I've been in theaters when there was when I was a kid, there was a uh, a bomb scare in the Olympia Theater. When we, yeah, really? Yeah, oh my god! We were at a, I mean, there wasn't a bomb, but there was a bomb scare. No, I know. When yeah. we were at a production of the of of the Nutcrackers, and this was when we read Christmas. Oh. And oh. we all everybody <laughs> festive festive bomb festive standing festive in bomb a, scare standing in a lane behind the theater for quite some time. But that was like oh, everybody god. just got up and walked out. Nobody yeah. panicked. People didn't start screaming. There's a bomb! And like. You know, trampling over grannies to get out. <laughs> street valiants, I can tell you, go nuts. Oh man. No, they immediately start screaming fire and like yeah. it's just immediate panic and chaos. It's like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> Calm down, you fools. Even if it is a fire, you know, yeah. there are actual exits that you're being told to go towards, which you are not doing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Liz, Jessica gets out and falls into Liz's arms and she uh, she finds Lila uh, who's with a lot of other Sweet Valley hires who are all pissed off about missing the end of the frankly amazing sounding film yeah apparently uh, it cut out right at the part where the drones were starting to climb up through the sewers and I'm like damn man tell me more <laughs> intriguing so uh, they they see that the police just come out with like a this parcel with a red ribbon around it. And Bruce <laughs> rightly says, that is not a bomb. They wouldn't be just like practically throwing it from one to the other without clearing <laughs> the crowd if that was if, if it was real. But apparently it's got a message on it. <gasps> yeah, there's um a tag on it that says, Gotcha. See you next time, kids. <gasps> oh, he's taunting them. Very ominous. Um, but Jessica is enjoying all the excitement. But then she sees Liz bidding a fond farewell to Bruce. Mm. And she can't stand this charade a minute longer. Um, so when Liz, when Liz leaves, she tells Bruce the truth. And it's like, she's only doing this because we told her to think that she was dying. And, you know, <laughs> now, you know, so like leave her alone but Bruce gives a devilish grin <laughs> he's delighted he's just like I don't know Jess seems like an interesting scenario to me and she's just like wait what what do you mean and he's like nothing see you around Wakefield he strolled away chuckling chuckling <laughs> yuck 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 oh god yeah because Jess like had assumed that what was it she had assumed Bruce would back off once he knew why Elizabeth was being so nice after all the truth wasn't flattering to Bruce's ego but it didn't appear he was offended Quite the contrary. <laughs> How did you not see that this would happen? That he would see this as an opportunity for some manipulation, which is, of course, what he does. <laughs> it's entirely his vibe, like. Yeah. God. So we cut to the evening. Liz is reading her beginner's guide to occultism. <laughs> this really is my best friend's exorcism. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she is working her way through this book. It yeah. must be huge. <laughs> oh, yes. It's, it's, it's occultism in general. Um, so she's she's absorbed in it and uh, but the phone rings and when she answers there's nothing on the line Ooh. so yeah she's a bit freaked out and uh, she worries she is, about yeah. the spirit world trying to, to contact her <laughs> well this is it yeah the Ouija board is still on her mind of course that as far as she knows someone's trying to contact her or that was their last kind of uh, messing around with the board mm. um, kind of message but yeah she's been getting hang up calls at home as well so yeah. that is quite freaky yeah, yeah no that would be totally freaky especially if it yeah. moves to where you were babysitting um, oh Jesus yeah that's like well somebody's watching me and yeah. I need this <laughs> God, yeah, it is no genuinely idea. quite creepy <laughs> But yeah. uh, then the phone rings and there is a voice on the line. And who could it be? <laughs> it's Bruce. <laughs> and he is, oh my God, I know he's evil, but 
he's kind of amazing at Woods. He's, he's <laughs> so entertaining when he finds he out is. the truth. Because he's saying like, oh, I guess I'm just, I don't know, I just, I guess I'm just so depressed. You know. <laughs> any doubts Elizabeth still had about Bruce she didn't have any being sick vanished instantly try not to think about it she said sympathetically don't let it get you it's like I tried <laughs> but it's hard and then she she says you know just think positive thoughts and he says it's just too hard to to do that when he's all on his own I'm like could I just uh, come over to you mm. <laughs> that's it because he knew that she was babysitting or she must have said something to him about it yeah. that that's where she was going to be this evening so he's like oh why don't I just come over and you can help me feel better <laughs> oh god I mean he is sleazy but, uh, he's such a fucking piece of shit but he's so entertaining I know. <laughs> and uh, she says no I can't have you coming over here when I'm babysitting you know it's not yeah. It's just not on. In the typical yeah. Sweet Valley style, he uh, pushes it, but he does accept <laughs> defeat. Well, for the moment. Um, <laughs> so not long after that, the doorbell rings and she thinks, oh, God, Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> yeah. And with justification. But actually, because uh, she rightly guesses he doesn't understand the word no. But <laughs> this time, it isn't Bruce. No. So it's a, it's a stranger, a young, dark-haired man with glasses. <gasps> and he's looking for Elsa. Uh, Mrs. Bartles and says that uh, he's an old college friend but he seems um, struck by Liz and tells her that she looks like someone he used to know. Of course she fucking does. <laughs> Ten a penny. There is nothing special about these bitches. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz is a bit, he's kind of freaking her out of it and uh, she repeats, look I'll you know, I'll tell Mr. Bartles you called. Um, by the way, he doesn't give a name. Doesn't even give no. a fake name. So I don't know what he's going to no, do. No, nothing. Like he's called just friend an, old, an old friend called. Yeah, but then he asks what her name is and she is a bit freaked and she's like, look, I'll, I'll tell Mrs. Bartle that you were here and kind of goes to close the door. So he's yeah not too impressed with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he says that he'll be, maybe he'll call over the next day to Mrs. Hmm. Bartles. 15 minutes later, there's another ring of the bell and who could it be? <laughs> this time it is Bruce. It is. Giving a sheepish little boy smile. <laughs> that sexy evil bastard. Oh, he's so cunning. <laughs> and he puts on this absolutely excellent act about how, you know, he's just feeling so depressed and he doesn't know. Sometimes I don't know why I keep trying to act like nothing's wrong and she's like, you have to keep living your life the way, you know, just as if nothing's nothing's changed. He's like, I know, but sometimes. And then she takes his hand. Oh, Liz. <laughs> it's so, oh my God. It's, he's, he's a genius. He is. Oh my God. He's like, Liz, you don't know what it's like. She pre Liz pressed her lips together to keep them from trembling. Bruce looked so desolate, so vulnerable. <laughs> Oh God! That suddenly Elizabeth had a crazy feeling he was about to kiss her, all... even though she knew she was imagining it. She sat back and tried to change the mood. <laughs> and Bruce keeps his eyes on her for another long moment uh, because she's like, "How about lunch tomorrow?" But he's like, mm, <laughs> "Yeah, that'd be great." She's like, "Well, bye now. You better go now." Oh God! Bruce says then, uh, "Okay." I know when to back off. That's not true. <laughs> That's absolutely patently not true. Literally just ruined it. Turned up, I'm just telling you not to. Yeah. Not to mention his past behaviour, but look, Jesus. Yep. 
So then the, after he goes, the phone rings and again, it's no one. And she's genuine. I mean, you would be freaked out. That is freaky. Yeah. And also she worries that Bruce is just like, apparently the tension was electric between them. And she worries <laughs> that, you know, Bruce is getting the wrong idea and was forgetting. But obviously she's just being nice to him because he's dying. <laughs> <laughs> so she just wishes Jeffrey would go home and then that would sort everything out yeah everything would go back to normal she th- wishes so we cut to Wednesday where for once Jess is emptying the dishwasher <laughs> so unlike her Very, literally the only time I think we ever see her doing work on her own as opposed to just like <laughs> passing Liz an onion or something during their making this weird <laughs> yeah. hamburger throwing cinnamon across the kitchen oh, or yeah. something yeah. <laughs> well uh, the phone rings again for um, there's nobody at the other line and even Jess is genuinely worried about the prank because Liz is properly freaked out and she's really worried about Bruce um, yes, she is. And she's about to tell Liz the truth. But then who should arrive at the back door? Fucking Bruce moving around. <laughs> um, and uh, Liz is just fawning over him. And it's too much for Jess. Because um, she can't bear seeing like Liz urge Bruce to take it easy and bring him treats to cheer him up. <laughs> Oh my god, so funny. Fucking hell. <laughs> so uh, Bruce asks, are they going to the school rally tonight? Because apparently they're having a be true to your school rally at the football stadium because they have to have fucking pep rallies in the summer holidays when you think like, you'd be free of them. It's not even, they're not even back yet. Like it's not even school term time. Like and they still have to do this bullshit. Oh my God, so it's outrageous. Apparently it's, the cheerleaders are organising. I don't know what, what Jess has been doing this. She's been walking to the Ouija board. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're doing it to quote, get everyone back in the school spirit. Christ sure, almighty. I guess. I don't mind trying to do that to us. Not going <laughs> to go down well. <laughs> No. <laughs> Jess isn't in the mood to go or participate, but um, so when the doorbell rings, she just stomps off to answer it. Uh, she does say something like, oh, it's like a bloody bus. I should say bloody. says, it's like a bus station in here. It's got a train. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the hang up calls and everything? And constant, <laughs> Bruce turning up. <laughs> people just coming every five seconds. But who could this visitor be? <gasps> it's Jeffrey. Oh. <laughs> How awkward. And he's, he's bronzed. Oh, he sure is. Yeah. Yes, he's got a deep tan from all his camp counselling. Yeah, so he grins, showing perfect white teeth. <laughs> so we're told he was going to, the original plan was to stay at the camp for an extra canoe trip. But at the last minute, they had more counsellors than they needed. So he got to come home early. By the way, that was when he said he, you know, had a good news surprise. A surprise, yeah. Uh, this is it. And um, Jess is relieved to see him back because he's sure that he'll snap Liz back to normal. Um but when they go in, what a scene meets their gaze. <laughs> oh my God. Like, there is chemistry between Liz and Bruce, ridiculous yeah, as it is. Yeah, genuinely like, is. Like, don't, I don't know. There? I don't know if you should fight it that much. <laughs> no, you should. Sorry, he's a terrible person. No, he is a terrible person, but there is undeniable chemistry. <laughs> I know. And when it's there, it's there. Look. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do anything about that. But, the, oh I mean, God. not only is the chemistry there, but... <laughs> When Jeffrey comes in, Liz has literally tilted her head to one side and given Bruce a tender smile and is saying, I think you're amazing, really. Oh, for <laughs> Imagine fuck's Jeffrey sake. coming in and seeing that. Talk about timing. Yeah, oh. and he does, because then Bruce kind of she sees Bruce's expression change when he spots something behind her. So when she turns around and sees Jeffrey, she's like, 
what the fuck is yeah. going on? <laughs> so she's delighted. And Jeffrey, uh, she flings herself into his arms and he hugs yeah. her back. But his eyes are understandably on Bruce. You can imagine mm, Bruce. Yes. Can't you? <laughs> we are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's really cocky. He's a total dick. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to the rally, Jeffrey. Do you want to join us? <laughs> <laughs> just so brazen he's oh, got <laughs> sure you can come too he says and um, uh, Liz wishes she could tell Jeffrey the truth but somehow she can't break Bru- you know Bruce's trust that she learned off a fucking Ouija board Ouija board I know it's so stupid it's like, do you, like you, your rationale here is that a ghost told you about <laughs> Bruce you can't break the ghost's trust it's not how it works <laughs> literally it <laughs> oh my god so um yeah she's uh so she's she's aware of um you know she, she's a bit torn it's um, she can feel the uh the awkwardness which i'd say is extremely awkward especially when oh, bruce says massive. oh yeah uh you've got your car you can follow me and liz <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit <laughs> also, liz does not handle him particularly particularly well because she says i know since jeffrey just got back i'll go with him I'm not one to say, obviously, you should always be, you know, glued to your boyfriend's side. But you should 100% be going with him over Bruce Batman (laughs) if it's two cars. That is the uh, logical thing that you would do. (laughs) Um, So uh, when Bruce goes, uh, Liz and you know Liz Jeffrey are finally on their own. Liz assures Jeffrey there's nothing between her and Bruce, but of course she she, and she says, "Look, I'll explain. You'll know. You'll know soon enough why why he's here." (laughs) I know she has to be so ridiculous and mysterious about it because she's like, "Oh, I can't tell you right now. He just comes over sometimes. It's nothing to get nervous about. (laughs) It's like just oh, what are you doing? She just handles so so weirdly." Yeah, <laughs> she makes it really weird. <laughs> it really does. So at the stadium, um, the 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 joint is jumping. The whole place is cr- is jammers as Chrome yeah. Dome plays host. Like it's, it's actually it's a school event in the summer holidays. It is. It fully is, and it's it sounds like it's a full stadium as well. Also, the fact that they have a stadium like yeah, where did that, that come from? When, <laughs> when did that happen? Because it's like they talk about the football field yeah. and there's bleachers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. This sounds like a full stadium with like the kind of like tunnels yeah. all the way around it's like it, a it and like or something. Yes, <laughs> it's like a proper fucking massive sports stadium. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that ever. You know, I think if I just teleport in for this one book, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the of course the first like it's almost like a concert as well because the first act on the on the um, on the program is another thing than the droids. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, Dana takes the stage, uh, and everyone's really excited because you know the droids are. They keep saying like Sweet Valley High's best band. It's like they're the best band in this town, like by yes. far, like alone just Sweet Valley High. Uh, oh my god, absolutely. Um, yeah. So Jess and uh, or Elizabeth and Jeffrey are in the bleachers, and uh, Liz is still kind of worried about Jeffrey because he's understandably still a bit off, as you would if you came back and found your girlfriend hold, practically holding somebody's <laughs> hand, gazing at them tenderly, and saying, "I think you're really amazing." Saying you're amazing, especially when it's Bruce fucking Batman. <laughs> I know. And also, she can't tell him like the things she's thinking about most are the Ouija board and Bruce. 
<laughs> that's why this book the fact I could say that sentence is why this book is so amazing uh, seriously like the, the fact that the escaped uh, psychopath from the institution only trails in third is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> and of course Bruce joins them to Jeffrey's great irritation he's like howdy folks <laughs> and Jeffrey's like oh, oh this man. is Juracine and Bruce's uh, Bruce smiles crookedly maybe I've changed You've got a long time. A lot uh-huh. can happen when you're away. Just like, well, back now. Yeah. <laughs> then. Give, giving Bruce a pointed look, as if a pointed look is going to stop him. Oh, God. You need a pointed like stick. No, doesn't stop yeah. him. Good point. <laughs> then. Je- data. This is one thing, by the way. These rallies do sound like little mini pep, little sort of fascist <laughs> events. <laughs> I can't believe that the droids would do it. You think they'd be too cool yes, for this kind of thing? very yeah. much. I, I don't think it would take much to be too cool for this. And they are definitely <laughs> it. But uh, Dana, who uh, we're told, really had a lot of stage presence and really knew how to turn an audience on, says, <laughs> this is a little event we do each summer. We call this gig, be true to your school. For fuck's sake. Like a deafening wave of sound came from the stands. It's like, you are such fucking nerds. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please stop. So, and the, someone in the audience howled. <laughs> and then Dana says, so just to make sure you don't forget what being in school is like, we're going to play a song of ours called A+. Plus. Oh, man. Come on, Dana. And <laughs> What's going on? Really, you're better than this, Dana. You're all better than this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> Anyway, the crowd loses their shit and um, Bruce and Jeffrey are still glaring at each other. And then <laughs> when uh, they start vying with each other about who's going to get a drink for Liz, she's like, oh, look, uh, it's fine. I'll get one myself. So <laughs> she heads off. I'd say that's very awkward once she's gone. <laughs> yeah. So she heads off. As you say, this is like a full stadium with like corridors and tunnels and yeah. different rooms and... Ridiculous, yeah. And she sees uh, Chrome Dome emerge from some sort of office room and looking very stricken and rush off. By the way, you think he would say to the 16-year-old, I think you should leave based on yeah. what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> he just runs off, doesn't yeah, he? he sees her like... Um, <laughs> Um, so a bemused Liz then sees the man from last night who turned up at the uh, Elsa Elsa's house, rushing mm. in the opposite direction. Their eyes briefly meet. Yeah, he kind of stops when he sees her, and again is like has this like look of recognition on his face, and then kind of hurries off again. I think. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm, suspicious. Very suspicious. So she heads back again to the stadium, but Dana is interrupted mid-song by Chrome Dome, who says <gasps> the event is being stopped and everyone has to leave. And again, they lose their fucking minds and start <laughs> screaming and rioting practically oh, and panicking God. to get out. Yeah. And Liz, because she's an idiot, you're not meant to do this in a bomb situation, pushes against the crowd looking for Jeff and, Bru- and Bruce. She's such an idiot. Like, yeah. I mean, everyone's leaving, so get the fuck out. Like, don't be going against the crowd looking for someone who is obviously going to be coming from the direction like that everybody else is. Yes. <laughs> like, what is the plan here? Yeah. This is ridiculous. What are you going to do when you find them? Go back again in no. the crowd. Yeah. And then a tall, attractive man, we're told, <laughs> hurried past Elizabeth. 
Sorry, it's actually too much for me. Come on, Anna, you, you can do it. I was it's so happy so when I read long, this. So was I. I actually laughed out loud. Yes. Because when Elizabeth sees this man, she cries out the words that we have longed to hear <laughs> weeks, nay, months. Months. She says, Mr. Collins. <laughs> Yay! Oh, fully deserving of Jingle Bells. A festive Mr. Collins. <laughs> He's back. Oh, <laughs> I think my notes just went all caps for a minute. I was like, He's here! He's back! Hooray! <laughs> I have so many exclamation marks on yes. Mr. Collins. Same. <laughs> Thrilled to see him. Oh, and he's in, he's acting like a sensible grown up. Um, because he yeah. says Liz, you need to get out of here. She's like, get out of here. She's like, it doesn't matter. You need to get out. Um, yeah. so on the way out, she says, "Is this Redmond again?" And he's like, "Yes." Um, so he he finds a clear route out through the crowd, but on the way, they see the basically the bomb squad approach a door. Um. <gasps> you know, between them and the exit. And Mr. Collins gasps and he stands in front of Liz to shield her from a possible blast. Like the hero he so, is. So badly. Oh my God. <laughs> we love you, Roger. <laughs> um, so Liz peers around like we're undoing <laughs> Mr. Collins' noble deed. <laughs> she peers around to see the team emerge with yet another fake bomb. Hmm. But yeah, they say uh, another fake. Uh, it's like the bomb squad guy announced in clipped tones. He examined the bundle. He emptied the sticks, but they're real. <gasps> real dynamite, Ooh. Elizabeth whispered. So I love that he's using sticks of dynamite as his bombs. So good. So old school. <laughs> it's a cartoon bomb. <laughs> it I'm surprised it's not a black, you know, a black, you know, sphere with a, with a fuse sticking out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just bouncing down yeah. along the corridor. <laughs> well, um, apart, the fact that it is real sticks of dynamite with the TNT removed shows that he has, they, as they point out, he has access to the real thing. He's just disabled mm. it. How does he have access to it, by the way? Where's he getting it? Oh, look. <laughs> like, did he steal some know. clothes and some dynamite off a washing line or something? Like, how is this? <laughs> Somebody was just hanging out these sticks of dynamite to dry. Yes, <laughs> he <you> do. <laughs> and he just went past and changed in a barn and went on his way. Um, yeah, somehow he's got a whole stash of electronics and dynamite. Uh, let's just not ask how because we will never find out. <laughs> and on the way out, Liz wonders if this is like revenge on Sweet Valley High in general, um, which would be uh, not, not justified, but understandable. I mean, very understandable. <laughs> yes, they're saying, was he getting his revenge being expelled from school? Did his paranoid mind hold Sweet Valley High responsible for his problems? Was it because of the taunting and the insults from the football clique? Um, yes. Mm, apparently so. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Collins says that like he didn't te- start teaching there until long after this guy left. Um, but uh, he, you know, people said that he was, who remembered him, said he was brilliant, but out of control. And Liz is uh, worries, wonders, will will uh, his thirst for vengeance be sated with merely fake bomb threats? Mm. Like maybe, you know, he's going to have to take it up a notch. So the next one could be real. Mm. Yeah. So when they get out, they get outside safely and Mr. Collins gives Liz a quick, reassuring smile and heads to talk to Chrome Dome. And that's it for this book, Mr. Collins. Godspeed. Oh. But it was a great appearance. It was so good. <laughs> it was the fact it was sort of a surprise appearance. 
Like, no, I didn't. I didn't see it coming, and I was so happy. <laughs> it literally was that an attractive man I get walked past, and Elizabeth cries. Mister Collins, like I didn't. <laughs> Which it was a delightful surprise. So good. Um, so yeah, he goes off, and Liz finds her pals, and uh, Jeffrey takes her home. But all joy at his homecoming is basically overwhelmed by this terrifying new threat. Mm. So next day, Jess rings Lila and says, look, stop calling Liz all the time and freaking her out. Like, especially the babysitting, you're going too far. And Lila's like, look, I did it like twice and I never did it while she was babysitting. So Jess believes her mm-hmm. um, and did pretend. Yeah. And over She's very puzzled. As, as well she might be. And over breakfast, Ned and Alice are horrified here. Basically, this town is... Uh, losing its shit constantly <laughs> like these gangs of vigilantes are being born <laughs> oh god um, yeah we're told that there's the neighbourhood action branch or NAB NAB <laughs> if the police can't catch that maniac we citizens will have to defend ourselves Oh my God. Yeah, Ned is like, great, that's all we need. This is the type of situation that leads to vigilante justice. And that's not justice at all, Mrs. Wakefield pointed out grimly. <laughs> it's like, I want to see the Sweet Valley vigilante justice <laughs> timeline. That's what I want out of this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, well, Jess can't understand how the police or possibly the vigilantes haven't caught uh, Redwood because Sweet Valley <laughs> is so small. But um, Ned says, it's pretty easy to change your appearance if, you know, it uh, doesn't take much. And Jess says, she still thinks, quote, the police are a bunch of dopes. True. And she she's right. Yeah. Like, they are. They're it's, terrible. I mean, we have seen proof of it repeatedly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so bad at their jobs. Like, shockingly bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're with you on this one, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. At work, Liz uh, finally realises that the mysterious visitor who she then saw just before the fake bomb was announced was Redman. That's right. Yeah, but she kind of cops it because uh, someone points out that like his photo has been everywhere and how is it that no one spotted him mm. yet? And she kind of like colours in yeah. a photo of him with like stuff. And it's like, he fooled her with a pair of glasses, basically. She's like Lois Lane. Yeah, like, no, she's like, who is this complete case. stranger? <laughs> yeah, he's this total stranger standing in front of me. Ooh. I don't know who he is. <laughs> like she literally draws glasses on the picture yeah. and stubble. Yeah. And then she's like, oh my God, it's him. <laughs> it's like, for fuck's sake, do you think? Jesus. No, I mean, ever since like, the first time I saw a photo of Zooey Deschanel without a fringe and she looked almost unrecognisable, they're like, shit, that maybe I would be easily yeah. fooled. So <laughs> I do always forget that that's her in Elf, like especially with the blonde hair. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, that is her. <laughs> it's just from you, girl. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give Liz the belated revelation. Um, so she's about to call the police, but then she worries that this could like, she she needs to investigate further because this guy said he was an old college friend and there's one easy way to find out if that's true. That yeah, and she in, it, sensibly she does think with the mood Sweet Valley was in at the moment, a case of mistaken identity could cause a riot, and like that is correct because I mean, this town is out of control. And, like they literally <laughs> had a riot where they were meant to be calmly exiting, exiting. a <laughs> stadium. So these people cannot handle situations like this at all. No, they really can't. <laughs> So uh, she rings um, Mrs. Bertels at work and asks, you know, did your friend call back? Because mm. she thinks she saw him at the stadium. And she says, look, he looked like Redman. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. And Elsa, she's she. There's kind of a stunned silence, mm-hmm. and she, and Liz kind of wonders, um, you know, mm. is Elsa involved? And she kind of hopes not. And Elsa kind of like lets out a shaky laugh, and she's like, oh, you know, I told him the same thing, and told him he should stay out of trouble while he's here, or he'll regret it. And she's like, look, you know, he's an old friend from college. I've known him for years. Mm. It's all a coincidence. But you know, thanks for calling me instead of like going to the police or anything. So she kind of reassures her that it's all fine, and this is just yeah. a guy that looks a bit like. Him. Yeah. So Liz is relieved. Mm. But then we cut to Elsa's POV and she's Uh-oh. feeling guilty. She sure Because that guy was not an old college friend. <laughs> oh my God, why it was Donald, her <gasps> brother. Oh. Yes, she's uh, she only moved back to Sweet Valley after her parents died. Uh, so, you know, nobody knows that they're connected. She was away for years. And apparently, he yes, he did come back to the house, but he was in a paranoid state and asking why <gasps> Melanie, the girl who he was obsessed with and to uh, taunted him, why she was Ooh. in the house. And she tried to convince him that that was just her babysitter who has a surprising amount of doppelgangers. Um, and she thinks <laughs> she, like a weird amount. <laughs> yeah. a frankly, worrying amount. I mean, that's the true supernatural <laughs> element of Sweet Valley um, and he he see, she thought she convinced him but she's not 100% sure and she's really she's really worried because like she's worried for him but she's also really worried she's going to do something terrible is including to Liz mm, yeah that's it because she does kind of point out to him like that Melanie's a grown woman now and like that couldn't be her yeah. and he does kind of go oh yeah you're right but like he can only be kind of his age for like certain amounts of, you know, a little bit at a time and then he'll kind of flip the lid again later. So it's, yeah. there's no real kind of calming him down properly. Yeah. Um, so yes, he's, he's, he is paranoid. Like he genuinely yeah. is. And yeah. he is in a state of distress. Mm. On Friday, Jeffrey heads to the mall to buy some albums and some poems for Liz. Oh. <laughs> but who should be in the music shop, doubtless called the music shop. <laughs> buying a whole mountain of CDs. Mm, flashing a credit card around the place. Mm-hmm. Could only be Bruce Patman, of course. <laughs> it is. I did a lazy, insolent voice. He says, well, well, well. If it isn't the fearless ranger, Jeff, shouldn't you be outside making a birch bark canoe or something? <laughs> <laughs> then... He says, I'll be seeing Liz tonight. And oh, man. he bets Jeff 10, Jeffrey, 10 albums. That's a lot of albums. Very man, albums were expensive. Very yeah. expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, he bets him 10 albums that uh, that uh, he, that he'll be the one going out with, with Liz that evening and not Jeffrey. And <gasps> Jeffrey fights the urge to punch him in the face. Todd would have done the punching. He actually would. He would have just flown into a rage on sight and just pummeled the shit out of Bruce. And it would have been amazing. <laughs> the Fist of Fury would have had their day. He would have. But it's also so funny that uh, Bruce keeps calling him Ranger Jeff. Like it's a put down. But Ranger Jeff is a really cool name, I think. <laughs> I think, should, I think Je- uh, Jeffrey should embrace it. Yeah, I think Ranger Jeff sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ranger Jeff contents himself, himself with saying, forget it, Patman. You are really scum. And he just Ooh. walks out. Yeah. But he is determined to get the truth from Liz because this is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like it is driving him mad. And that's fair enough because oh he's God. like, he does leave kind of going, what's going on anyway? He asked himself in silent fury. What is it with Liz and Bruce? And like, yeah, fair. Because she still won't give him a proper explanation. Like, Oh my God. And she actually, she really could. Like, yeah. she doesn't know the ghost that much. <laughs> <laughs> but the ghost will be mad at me. 
This is why you don't mess with Ouija boards. There you go. You end up with, with yes. sort of, of obligations to ghosts. <laughs> to ghosts. And that is the last thing you want. <laughs> Not 2020, anyway. So, <laughs> meanwhile, Liz is getting ready for her date with Jeffrey, which she is, uh, you know, intending to go on that evening. Yes, that is the plan. And Lila and Jessica are discussing the postponed Endless Summer concert, which is happening in the stadium soon. And uh, Lila says, well, you know, if they blow the stadium up, I guess we'll start term later. True. It's a bit (laughs) cynical. but... But then Bruce rings, and I think this is his greatest ridiculous speech. Can you tell us what genius but evil little lie he tells to, this to is really, the heartstrings like it is pure evil now what he's up to because like when he when she answers the phone he's like Liz Bruce sounded tired and morose you aren't you aren't busy are you <laughs> like you might as well throw in like a <laughs> he's like Ferris Bueller <laughs> yeah so he's uh, so she's like, well, you know, not right this second. And he's just like, oh, forget it. I'm interrupting. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. What's going on? What's the story? And he sighs heavily. I don't know. It's just getting me down so much. I was just in a tennis match on the school courts and I got totally waxed, Liz. Can't do it anymore. It's no use. Oh. Oh. So she's like, oh, tennis is always his greatest talent. And if he couldn't play, it's a disappointment. And she says, like, you know, maybe you just had a bad day today. But tomorrow you'll, and Bruce interrupts and says, tomorrow? Liz, don't you get it? I'm running out of tomorrows. Why should I even keep trying? I don't know, he added with a wild laugh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why should I go on at all? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Oh, my God. He's evil genius. So she's like, okay, uh, where are you? I'm going to find you. Um, Stay where you are. Um, Are you still at the tennis course? And he's like, uh, yes, I am. So Liz, tell Lila and Jessica, look, Jeffrey's going to be here any minute. Just tell him I'll be back soon. I just, this is an emergency. Yeah, Um, don't tell him where I went. (laughs) I'll be right back. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, Liz heads off at top speed. But uh, as Liz runs out, Jessica's or Lila's eyes narrowed. And a sly, gleeful smile crossed her <laughs> flat face. <laughs> <laughs> so she thinks that this is the perfect opportunity for her to get in with Jeffrey. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, uh, she's such a sneaky bitch. Oh she's like, God, oh, I left something, uh, left something in my car. Oh, yeah, so she yeah. kind of <laughs> goes back out to the driveway uh, just in time to see Jeff uh, arrive in his car. Mm. So she gets to intercept him before he comes into the house. <laughs> he does. Yeah, and she... She basically she spends it like five minutes messing around in the car. We go, where could it be? <laughs> she really is arsing around for quite some time. <laughs> oh, it's kind of amazing. So, and she's really skillfully again tells, like, she doesn't just go, uh, Bruce, Elizabeth has got off with Bruce. She's kind of good. She's like, oh, uh, yeah, no, don't worry about her. Um, uh, I, uh, I think she might be actually going to see Bruce. So it's some sort of emergency. Like, she really pretends that she doesn't want to tell him. Yeah, and, she's so good at this. <laughs> and Jeffrey heads off in hot pursuit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donald Redman is putting <gasps> finishing touches to his masterpiece. Oh my God, he's had another another Wiley Coyote bomb. Yeah. Well, this one is like, it's very convoluted. Uh, it's got a remote control. It's got a 
two minute timer, which, by the way, could be turned off very easily, apparently. It's like literally just a button on it. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It's very anticlimactic. I know. Um, But he's just like, oh, turn it on. Now I've turned it off. Um, Yeah, yeah. um, there we go. And then he has a full, you know, oh, it's so easy to fool people. They're all fools. They're fools. And nope, you know, this is me, Donald Redmond. I'm a genius. And he thinks that all his life people have either mocked or ignored him or tried to take credit for things he did and they've all cheated him and tried to ruin his chances and now he's basically he'll show them all and yeah his bomb plan is quite elaborate it's not just one bomb no there's like a whole like he's gone back to the stadium yeah um because like, he quite rightly surmised yeah, yeah he quite rightly surmised that the cops weren't going to go back to where he had already left a fake bomb and you know he was right because mm. they are terrible at their jobs true, true. uh but no you, follow-up with these guys no, but you don't <laughs> but um yeah, completely. She's so right. But um, yeah, so he's got the whole stadium, like he's got a series of bombs kind of like all the way around the stadium so that when one goes off, it'll set off a chain reaction and the whole thing will go up in smoke. Yep. So it's a, it's a super dramatic scheme. Um, mm. But then he, uh, by the way, the security of the stadium is absolutely terrible because you could just take over a room and use it as a bomb factory. Like it's basically non-existent. No. There is no security. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he overhears a boy and a girl talking nearby. Um, you know, um, one there's a girl is saying, "You know, you can't give up. You still have a chance if you fight it." And he realizes that it's the girl he saw in <gasps> his sister's house, Melanie. Oh my God. Yeah. So then he starts freaking out. He's like, what's Melanie doing here? Why was she at Elsa's house? And he just kind of starts freaking out and he gets all paranoid again. And he's like, oh, he knew why she was after him. She was following him. She was going to ruin everything. And she would mock him and laugh when his plan failed. (gasps) So he's he's gotten himself all worked up Mm. again now after seeing this. Yes. And this time he'll stop Melanie for good. (gasps) Mm. And back in the in the Wakefield home, Lila and Jess are just arsing about. But then Lila suggests yet another seance just for themselves. They set up the board and it delivers an unsettling message and neither of them were faking this one. Yeah, because when they start spelling out danger, uh, Jessica reads it out and she's like, oh, nice one, Lila. Very cute. And then Lila's kind of looking at her in surprise and she's like, "Uh, cute yourself because they each think the other is moving it around. But neither one is. And then it spells out stadium and the letters EW. And I first read that stadium. I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but of course it's EW so Elizabeth Wakefield and not you <laughs> I mean it's like now I, now I can't see it without thinking ew <laughs> um, but uh, yeah they, they basically kind of ex- realise that it really wasn't either of them and Liz, Jessica realises that the tennis courts where Liz was meeting Bruce are next to the stadium and Liz could easily be there. <gasps> oh my God. But also I got very excited at this point and wrote down GHOST! GHOST! In all capitals in my notes. And I was like, yes, we've got a ghost! Actual supernatural <laughs> stuff is happening. This is the first <laughs> time. It's canon. Ghosts are real in Sweet Valley. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> so they're rushing out to the lime green triumph, um, and they bump into a, a, a woman that they don't know. And of course, it's Elsa. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. So she had come to 
Liz's house thinking, oh God, maybe something's happening. And, and Donald, like she knows that Donald has a bean his bonnet over Liz because he thinks that she's Melanie. Yeah. So she's worried about Liz and wanted to check on her before going to the cops to reveal all basically. Yeah. And yeah, because he turned up at her house again looking for Melanie and being all agitated. So she yeah. knows that, I mean, she could have walked the police by now. I know it's a brother, yeah. but still. Anyway. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> they finally ring the police and Lila reveals that Jeffrey might be there too because she sent him off there. So there's three people possibly in danger and they they zoom off um, to, to the rescue mm. at the stadium. Bruce is giving it loads. It he is hamming it up like crazy. Amazing. He's like, <laughs> he raised dark, luminous. I know, first of all, he says, I keep thinking about what happens when you after you <laughs> and then his lips tremble <laughs> and then he looks he raises dark luminous eyes to her face Liz I'm so afraid oh my god such a piece of shit oh he's so awful <laughs> it's very entertaining but he is evil such a bad and this person. is the best bit it's not worse I mean it's the worst bit but it's most entertaining bit um, she flings her arms around him and they hold him in a tight embrace and for a moment she thought she felt him kiss the curve of her shoulder. But then she realised Bruce's lips moved because he was fighting tears. <laughs> oh, Bruce, she sighed, almost crying. <laughs> and then he, they gaze into each other, into each other's eyes and Elizabeth felt a bond being forged between them. Felt oh. as though she were seeing right into his soul. Christ. He whispered, his voice hoarse. She's speechless with emotion, but somebody else is not speechless because who turns up? <laughs> Jeffrey! <laughs> what the? And just like kind of cuts off. But you know, he's thinking, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> but Liz has the neck to turn oh around and be like in fix indignant eyes on her boyfriend. It's like, come on, Liz, you haven't a fucking leg to stand on here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Do not. So I'm like, don't you trust me? It's like, why would I trust Why would I? You're literally about to wear the face off each other. Stop it. And like, oh, you keep sneaking about Bruce, away with Bruce, around with Bruce behind my back. And then she goes, it's supposed to be a secret. This is the best part of the entire book. Oh my God. Bruce looked away, not saying anything. He was beginning to look as though he wished he were somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't much fun anymore now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go. And uh, he's like, oh, because, um, yeah, uh, he Jeffrey tells her that Mr. Irresistible here was bragging a date with you tonight. He's like, oh, yeah. How is he supposed to know that? And then she's like, hang on. Why would he say that? And then he looks, <laughs> looks at, she looks at Bruce, who's looking innocently off into the distance. The glimmer of sunset lit his face with a warm, vital glow. He had never looked more alive, healthy and attractive. As Elizabeth Bryson was confused, he turned his head to give her a sheepish grin. <laughs> that sexy piece of shit. Uh, and then she said, Bruce, are you, or are you not sick? Bruce looks awful. <laughs> well, not exactly sick, but I think I'm about to get a major headache. <laughs> so Liz reveals oh all, realizes all, all realizes it was all the joke the whole thing yeah and she was the butt of it and of course she runs away crying and in this case I can't she really does. blame her no that is fair enough <laughs> yeah. and for some reason she decides to hide she hears Jeffrey calling after him and she decides to hide from him in a utility room that turns out to be Redwood's bomb factory uh oh and he says hello Melanie no, no. <laughs> and uh, she tries to uh, to 
to by the way she tries to scream but then he grabs her but then he wrenches her arm he tells her he wants her to scream she i think she does manage to get one scream out before he grabs her and then he kind of like twists her arm up and yeah and then tells her to scream again and it's like well okay i think he wants her (laughs) to lure the others into them so he can have them where you know where you can see them basically yeah and so they all come in and he's like holding up the switch to the bomb and says if you move i'll trip this i'll turn it on and uh yes they they are defiant in the face of um of this terror bruce stands there with his usual sort of arrogant posture <laughs> and uh, he gives uh, Redwin gives this big speech about how awful the jocks were in Sweet Valley High I mean I'm absolutely sure they were oh I totally believe him on that score yeah yeah um, so yeah it's actually kind of like, there's Redwin is actually kind of poignant in these scenes because uh, um, not so much this one, but he does say, you know, you thought you could make fun of me, you dumb jocks. But I'll tell you all, I'm going to destroy your precious football stadium. <sighs> he was going to do it the next night, but now you're here. I'll have to blow it up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's like, he's looking at them going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you trying to trick me again? And uh, he's getting really agitated and mm. distressed. And um, he's about to uh, hit the switch and Redwin's maniacal laughter fills the room. <gasps> it's so oh, no. It's super dramatic. So it actually is. <laughs> I mean, I think the stakes are the highest we've ever we've ever had. The actual stakes. Who knew? Oh, yeah. Oh, we did have old Tatty Mule go to take out. Oh, that's face, true. So, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica, old face stealing Tatty uh, Mule. <laughs> yeah, still the best villain now. Um, oh definitely so Jessica and co arrive at the stadium just as the police arrives and Mrs uh, Bartles points out Redwin's car so they know he's there and Jessica is wrapped yeah. with guilt because she realises that her nonsense basically led to Elizabeth being in this terrifying situation hmm. um, and the uh, police are like right, we're going to communicate with them which they do by basically bellowing Redwin this is the police <laughs> who have megaphone <laughs> nice one lads yeah. <laughs> and Redwin's all never <laughs> but then here's the bit that actually is kind of sad so Elsa talks to him and talks about their childhood and you know brings up childhood memories and uh, he starts to cry and says why are they doing this to me why do they always try to trick me which is actually really sort of sad you just see if he has this delusion where people are constantly sort of trying to trick him and you know make it you know like fool him into doing things and uh, it's it's actually the one poignant moment in this ridiculous book because uh, it only lasts for about five seconds when just as he is starting to kind of have a breakthrough and realises that Liz is not Melanie, what does mm. Jeffrey do? Um, well, <laughs> well I, I thought he handled it very well. <laughs> oh, fucking Jeffrey. Yeah, he, he draws a deep breath and literally hurled himself across the room, yeah. <laughs> taking Redmond down in a flying tackle. Redmond, who is holding like the detonator for the yes. fucking bomb. Like it's... Such a bad plan. <laughs> Especially as you could see that Redwood was at the moment going, oh my, you're not Melanie. So what is happening? It was like his, his mania was kind of... Uh, Subsiding a bit, a bit at least, yeah. And also, when he threw off the the... the remote goes flying and before it went, Redmond's uh, hit the switch. So the bomb timer yeah. is now active. The timer is taken, yeah. And then comes another of the greatest moments in this book. <laughs> <laughs> what should Bruce do? 
Before Elizabeth could move, Bruce pushed himself up, grabbed the bomb and headed for the door. <laughs> Bruce, no! Her scream echoed out into the corridor. Bruce was gone. <laughs> My notes just say, this is amazing. <laughs> he has hightailed it out of there with his bunch of dynamite strapped together. <laughs> he and is gone. Once after him, shouting, give it back! <laughs> give it back! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's amazing and Nathan oh, yeah. Jeffrey meanwhile are desperately trying to find the remote control which as we know just literally can, you can press a switch and the timer goes off it's very yeah uh, but it's, it's, it's like skittered off underneath a, a cabinet or something so they have to uh, try and get it out from underneath it yeah. and just as they get it out and press the switch or whatever they hear an explosion <gasps> uh oh has Bruce died to save their lives <laughs> Oh my God, how noble. No. Well, he was pretty, I mean, he literally was noble. He ran off with the bomb. He ran off with the bomb. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> oh my God. So outside, Jess hears the explosion and is obviously devastated because she thinks her sister's been blown up. But of course, Liz and Je- uh, Jeffrey stagger out. Um, and as they stagger out, who should they see? Oh, who do they see? Hang on. Bruce! Bruce. He's alive! <laughs> oh my God. And he says, Hi, Goldilocks. <laughs> he whispered faintly, Look at me, my top of the world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's all sort of covered in soot. His hair is singed. Again, it's like a cartoon bomb has gone off and he's got like singed hair and his face streaked with soot. <laughs> And she's like, Bruce, we're alive. You're alive. You're alive. Oh, and uh, it, it turns out that Redmond grabbed the um, grabbed the bomb and ran off and laughing. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. But it's, it's just a mental image. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he ran off laughing and uh, then the bomb went off. It did, oh, yeah, it but it was just that bomb. He's so... blown up in front of his eyes. I'm yeah, that's pretty harrowing, I would say. I um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was only that one bomb though, so the the danger has passed. Yes, they, they, they didn't set off the the, the triggers. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, they they head outside, and uh, Bruce um, is you know staggering along and being helped by Jeffrey and um, Liz and uh, Bruce and Jeffrey share a wordless look because <laughs> Bruce risked his life to share the, to save theirs. Elizabeth doesn't know how to express her gratitude, but Jeffrey grips Bruce's shoulder and his voice cracks with emotion as he thanks him. And mm-hmm. they were told they were silent, but they all knew they were thinking the same thing. Together, they had gone through a nightmare in the stadium and somehow they had survived. It wasn't something they could talk about. And Elizabeth knew they would never be able to describe what had really <laughs> happened to them deep inside. The horrific experience had left an indelible mark on their souls. <laughs> Basically, they have PTSD. They will never mention this again and really show no signs of it affecting them at all. No, they don't need therapy. It's fine. They've bottled it up, pushed it deep inside and now it's all good. Good little wasps (laughs) that they are. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they find Jessica who tells them that she called the police because of the Ouija board message and wonders, you know, Liz is just like, I... I can't believe you're pushing this Ouija board shit after all this. She swears it's true and reminds Liz of the old twin tuition and wonders, mm. was it her twin tuition moving her hand? It was a ghost. Yeah. 
It was definitely a ghost. Yeah, no, I wasn't having that at all. Because she's like, oh, you know, you said that subconsciously maybe we could have picked up on other things and it was actually me, but I didn't realise. It's like, no, shut up. It's a ghost. Yes, I know about the twin tuition thing. It's still magic. So yeah, yeah. that's a logical explanation for this. True, yeah. A ghost is a better explanation. Much better. So, um. Yeah, Liz says she'll forgive her for the many lies that almost got her, Bruce and Jeffrey killed and ended up with one man dead. If she gets rid of the Ouija board and Jess agrees and they laugh merrily. And that is the end. (laughs) And it was spectacular. It was so good. Oh my God. The fact that it finishes, like you can just see the freeze frame of them yes. all like linking arms and walking yeah. away laughing. It's very like at the end of Murder, She Wrote. It's like somebody has died. Yeah. Why is Jessica Fletcher <laughs> laughing her head off? So blasé <laughs> about the horrors of death. Oh my God. Like, no, it's fine. We can all laugh about it. <laughs> wasn't this gas. Now let's never talk about it ever again. No. I mean, <laughs> considering what they said they've gone through at the beginning of this summer, I just, Jesus. <laughs> therapy is just the start of it. <laughs> scratching the surface so after all that um, are there any stats and outfits that was so exciting oh my god I, I don't know if we can go down to Terry Adams territory again with the stats <laughs> just give me a second to gather myself fucking <laughs> ah. hell okay no we do have some stats okay, um, okay so the blondness mm. got eight mentions oh that's very good a very healthy score yeah. I like that uh, the blue green eyes got four mentions also good wow uh, that's way more than I thought pe- they'd be yeah, uh, people blush seven times. Wow. So we're back on back on the blushing uh, scale. Yep, again. They've got some blood pressure problem. I don't know what's causing making an appearance. Yeah, there's a mad there's health issues in here. Uh, <laughs> Bruce calls uh, Liz Goldilocks three times, which is Excellent. highly enjoyable. <laughs> Love that. And then in terms of outfits, like do you know, I can't be too mad at it for not really having any. Mm-hmm. That's literally just Bruce's outfit at one point. But I, I can't be cross because we had so much stuff there. I know. Like, I mean, how could I one mean, object? I mean, you've got a heroic Mr. Collins. Oh. You've got bombs going off. You've escaped <laughs> madman. So I will take one Bruce outfit. Oh, we do board as well. True. I mean, look, Jesus, it, it's the dream. Yes. Um, so. so then, yeah, Bruce's outfit is, this is at the beach when yes. he turns up and Ian is like, I'm out of here. So uh, yes, in white tennis shorts, we can only guess at how small oh they are. Oh my good lord. Uh, and a royal blue shirt. He looked handsome and full of self-confidence. <laughs> Oh, Betty was <laughs> full of something anyway. <laughs> oh. Well, listeners, uh, especially uh, Stephanie, we couldn't have done this without you. Um, so oh, we God, are, we cannot thank you enough. <laughs> we really can't, um, and we always love hearing from listeners. One of the best things we uh, we received recently was an amazing. Sweet Valley High Bingo by <laughs> Ash Village Dickhead on Twitter. It's, it's so good. Oh my God. It's ge- it is astonishingly good. Will, uh, will we share some of the things on the, on the board? Oh, please do. <laughs> so there's Jess evades. Well, we'll see how many of them turned up in this one, actually. Oh, yes. Good okay. chance. Jess evades consequences for terrible actions. I mean, check. Yeah. <laughs> Jess be scheming. Check. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> Alice could be the twin sister. Mm, not. Oh, we don't think we had that. No, yeah. not in this one. Uh, previously unimportant character trusts Liz completely. <laughs> we, we got that in the last one, not in this one, though. Uh, blonde hair. Yes. Big time check. Silk blouse. Mm. 
We no. didn't have any silk blouses, but we had loads in the last few. Oh my God, <laughs> worrying amounts of them, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Wakefield interior design mentioned. Mm, no, Ooh. but we did have it in the last one. I think there were references to the old Spanish tiles. There definitely were, yeah. <gasps> Problem that could be sor- sorted with a brief conversation. Yes. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey, the whole Jeffrey Bruce rivalry thing could have been sorted out very quickly. So quickly. <laughs> Twin switcheroo. Uh, not in this one but obviously in the last one mm, but in the last one yeah Ghostwriter remembers Prince Albert <laughs> oh love it when he turns up <laughs> sadly no um, uh, school, not in this one but in the last one again school dance social event yes well the, the rally, rally was kind of a social yeah, event yeah. yeah Jess thinks the guy is the most attractive she's ever seen well she was perving over quite a lot of them outside the adversary. <laughs> Uh, Dana looking amazing we will assume she looked amazing I mean she was by there. default she always does mm-hmm. yeah she was there she looked amazing yes. <laughs> it's a given <laughs> Elizabeth is supposedly a good writer yes always <laughs> with you know important uh, journalistic assignments weird amount of school spirit damn fucking oh my god right. Jesus in bucket loads yes <laughs> worryingly so uh, Liz covers for Jess nonsense. Yes, she did. She um, yeah. the cinema thing. Oh, the, the cinema. Yeah. Wow. Uh, if this was a drinking game, we'd be absolutely oh in bits. That will be the drunk episode. We'll drink for the yeah, next time. Drink this card. <laughs> Someone runs away crying. Yes. Check it. Check. 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 Oh, DG. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Collins check Yay. <laughs> delightful check <Yes>. blue green eyes <laughs> yes yeah. always well apart from that one weird time that there was no blue green eyes oh, that was yeah, very that strange that was unsettling yeah. uh, dairy burger check mm. <laughs> rare moment of sound advice Mr. Collins telling Liz to get out of the stadium she was running into yes fucking yeah, idiot <laughs> Amy being morally reprehensible not in this one she didn't even make a there wasn't even mention well, of her but like only because she wasn't in it oh, if, she, if she was in it you know that'd be a check oh god yeah she was probably off being terrible somewhere else not somewhere in else terrorising some other people yeah. Barrettes were they yep on the cover oh that's true and cover counts and last <laughs> but definitely not least especially for this book Lila is extra I mean, always. Our queen, our flat-faced queen. She did us proud this festive time. Fantastic. So thank you so much, Village Dickhead. That was amazing. And not the only amazing thing we've been sent by listeners recently, because we heard about Sweet Valley's Hungarian incarnation. Oh my God, this was so good. So yes, massive thank you to Katie Varga who emailed us. Um, just the best thing I've ever seen. So um, Katie's originally from Hungary, but now lives in Australia. And apparently uh, in Hungary, they translated, I think the first 50 or so books. Mm. Um, but the first like 40 odd books, instead of using the original covers, they recreated them with Hungarian models. So they're like direct Functions. copies of the paintings but done as a photo with these apparently some of them actually went on to become quite famous actors in Hungary Um, but like oh my god they're so good they are amazing we will share them they have to be seen to be believed 
just amazing. So yeah, always love to see like a, a foreign language edition of Sweet Valley, oh. even more so when they've gone to the effort of recreating the cover. The, like, the one oh. for On the Edge is incredible. I mean, they're all incredible. So good. They're all incredible. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's actually quite a fun guessing game to try and try and guess which uh, which yeah. book is for. Sometimes it's really obvious, but like that. Sometimes it is extremely yes. obvious. And it really is a glorious sight. So please. Yes. You, will, you will see what we mean. Well, you certainly will. I mean, yeah, I don't think even describing it like conveys the true majesty of the whole thing. Mm. Well, we always love hearing uh, hearing from you. We love seeing foreign editions as well. I think I remember there was the was it Argentina? It was some country in South America. They were Spanish editions, and they had um, the twins were not blonde. Oh, that's right. Yes. They yeah, amazing. they were raven-haired beauties. Yeah, they were oh, totally separate um, illustrations. So, so, yeah, we and there was a God, there were German and Spanish ones and French ones that were really different artwork. As I well. feel like there was a French one that had like Betsy Martin smoking on the cover, and oh, it was yeah. like, oh my god, she's actually a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, Ned and Alice don't smoke in that version. Sorry, that's an Emily in Paris worthy stupid French stereotype. I do know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners please uh share share your thoughts on this uh outrageous tale uh where are, do you share our fear of Ouija boards are you uh, or the or the opposite um are, are you, yeah have you done one did that and weird happen tell us uh yes did you did a statue of uh holy mary fall off of Maccabees? <laughs> because yeah, I swear to God that's all I needed to hear to be like well I'm never going near one of those <laughs> like it's probably not even a true story but look no it's enough for me it feels true uh, I know it's like nope no thank you so yes we always love hearing from you um, and you can contact us of course at Twitter at SVH Podcast you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com and we're on Instagram at SVH Podcast there as well oh and Karen has been uh, there's been polls you need to get on the. <laughs> everybody needs to get on the the insta the the double love Instagram train because we are having the best crack over there. Oh my god! <laughs> There's been uh, the battle of the Jessicas. It was between Daniela and uh, and Magenta. Magenta, but then. There was a plot twist. Oh my God. That was a plot twist, Ross. <laughs> well, just when Magenta thought she had swung it as the ultimate Jess, who should arrive? <gasps> Only Jessa Fields. Oh, and she romped home. She absolutely ran away with the crown. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, head on over to Instagram uh, to see to see more of uh, more gems like that. And we are, of course, members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And you can find out more about the uh, network and all the podcasts on it at HS Pod Network and at This Headstuff. And I guess that's it for 2020 from us. We oh will be God. back after Christmas. Don't worry. It's not going to be like last year. It's not going to be another no, it eight won't. months. It'll be it like... It won't. There's no, there's no kidney transplants in my immediate no. future this time. So we will be back in the new year. We will. I promise. We'll take, we'll take a little while over Christmas, but we will, we'll be back in January. Don't worry. We will. We will. Um, and we would just like to say thank you to all our listeners. We have been amazing this year to everybody who spread the word about the podcast who have written uh, uh, great um, uh, pieces about it in The Guardian uh, you've caught up now well done well done <laughs> thank you again Kelly. Yes. Um, to, to everybody who's tweeted and commented uh, we really really appreciate it you are the wind beneath our wings and oh. uh, we have great fun making this podcast and we are very very glad that it is bringing you some cheer in this 
giant shit show of a year. Oh, absolute pile of shite yeah. of a year. Yeah. So if we made any of you laugh or cry, even I don't know how emotionally attached you are to these books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, each to their own. Um, we uh, we are very very pleased because oh. it's uh, no, I feel a bit. I feel almost emotional. Oh, I know. It's so nice that people actually enjoy this ridiculous. stuff that we make of just us talking shite for two hours I know but yes we appreciate you all so much thank you so much for listening I think this episode might be longer than two hours but in fairness I hope you think (laughs) in this case I don't feel guilty about it (laughs) we're going out with a bang on 2020 you certainly are so Merry Christmas everybody yay Uh, we will see you in January when we find out what happens when Sweet Valley High meets (gasps) The new Elizabeth. Fantastic. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.